everyone, and welcome to Commander Cast episode 480, where your weekly source of community strategy and technology. Hosted on our home site, commandercast.com. My name is Mark. And I'm Adam. Adam, we were talking about this before the cast. I think there should be some kind of reference for 480. It sounds like a, a thing. We, everyone knows what a 360 is. We unfortunately all know what a 420 is. Yeah. Why is yeah. there no, like, a 480? There's nothing there. There's no. no. But it feels like there ought to be. It does. It does. There's some some level of like symmetry to the numbers, or at least it sounds like there is. It it, it sounds like there should be, right? Like, I'm not arguing for making like every prime number divisible by two number out there, like you know, a thing. But come on, people, that would be bad. That would be bad. But come on, let's get on this. Listen, if I have to deal with fucking Mario Day and now Star Wars Day this week, like you know, wait, what is Star Wars Day? Oh, May the Fourth. Come on, come on. The one that got Mario me was Day, Mario Day bothers me more. Yeah, Mario Day does bother me more. The May the Fourth thing was cute for like the first time it happened in like the mid two thousands, and now it's yeah. just kind of obnoxious. But with the Mario Day thing, I'm like, uh, this is the line, and you crossed it. Right. You I know? think I think as cute as I can get with dates is Pi Day. Yeah. Again, who doesn't like pie in all its right. forms? Either the the large, small number, very long number, or just the, irrational. The just say irrational number. You're good. Sure. Whatever number number. <laughs> So, I don't know what your numbers <laughs> To me, all numbers are irrational. It's an irrational yeah. constant. It's okay. You know the sad part is, I don't know why it's locked in my brain. I think it's a Calvin and Hobbes. Actually, I think I know it's a Calvin and Hobbes cartoon where they're talking about irrational numbers, and he goes, like, 11 And that's just what I think of for irrational numbers. <laughs> I mean, that is... It, it is irrational. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't really follow the definition of number, but yeah. No, and I can also date myself exquisitely by just referencing Calvin and Hobbes. So. I don't know. Like my kid got into a Calvin and Hobbes thing like just a few years ago. Where really? She was, like, like read all of the Calvin and Hobbes Ooh, collection. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, obviously your kid has good taste, and that makes me happy because I was. I mean, like I have you know the big Calvin and Hobbes collection and whatever. I will probably do the dad thing of like foisting upon my child like things I like until they get sick of me, you know. But I'm glad that other people have picked it up because Calvin and Hobbes is just good, right? We oh can all yeah, get yeah. I mean, yeah. Watterson is a an amazing artist first of all and like yeah i mean the the storytelling is is cute and kind of timeless so yeah i think it's good yeah um this is not the calvin Hobbes cast although i'm there's got to be one of those out there on the internet um but we will talk about cards with um less good than waterson art but still Mm. okay today so, uh, in community, a little short one today. We're going to talk about some overpriced Kamigawa swag that yeah. if you have $500, you can also spend your money on. I wouldn't yeah. recommend it, but, you know, you could do that. Uh, and then in strategy and technology, we're going to talk about the also-rans. Maybe I should just yep. call them the, the non-legendary commanders. Also-rans is slightly diminutive. Like, I don't mean, it to, is. To, yeah, I don't mean to slur the, the other yeah. commander cards that aren't legendary from the new Capanna commander. Yeah. So, hey, whatever. Some of them are kind of neat. So, we will talk about that in strategy and some cycles from that in technology. Uh, so, keep up with the conversation on the Facebook and the Twitters. Come back through a dumb interstitial with us into community with some overpriced Kamigawa swag. 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 This is a good word, you know? Like yeah. schlub. Schlub is such a good word, right? It reminds me, it reminds me of the... Um... Oh, God, what was that show? Silicon Valley. I, again, still haven't seen it. Need to. But again, yeah. too many good things. Too, too many things are on. So, Speaking of too many things that are on, but probably not as good as Silicon Valley, 
Uh, what thought you about Moon Knight Episode 5, the penultimate Moon Knight? Uh, I can say, honestly, that I still don't care about Moon Knight as a character mm-hmm. uh, at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, neither my wife nor I saw the entire episode because we were definitely falling asleep in different parts. I don't know that you missed a whole lot. Yeah, it was... Yeah, well, that was the other thing. I Like I said to her after it was over, I was like, I don't know if it was because I had slept a lot or because it didn't make any sense, but I have no idea what happened. It was it was fine. It was necessary backstory, I guess. It got it finally answered the question like who is the real person, the Steven or the Mark, you know, and the, the origin of that split. Yeah, so, I didn't like, get that either. That was okay. I don't know. I have I have questions about this episode. Namely, again, like spoilers for Moon Knight episode five, so jump off if you don't care. Or or jump off if you care. Um, the, it starts off with this traumatic childhood event where, like, Mark leads his brother into a cave that somehow fills up with crazy amounts of water and his brother dies. Right. That is the most treacherous goddamn cave I think I've ever seen. Like, including Indiana Jones. Like, there wasn't a giant boulder rolling down, but, like, that was, even at the ripe young age of, like, nine, I would have been like, meh, I'll pass on that cave. Right. You know, just like, "Mm, maybe not. And then also, like, the flash flood came, and they're like, oh, where do you live? Apparently, they live in, like, Milwaukee, I think. Um, Okay. And I didn't know that Milwaukee was known for its treacherous caves. Um, Is it? I I don't think so. The land of a thousand lakes? I don't think so. Yeah. So, whatever. I may be confusing that with Wisconsin. So. Yeah. I... I mean, I think I think here's the problem. I, I think it's going to be the same problem that we have ongoing with the uh, Disney Plus series because we get She-Hulk coming in soon and and stuff like. Like, I get it. I get why you're trying to like build outward the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody cares. Just stop it. Stop it. People want to see more Spider-Man and people want to see more Iron Man and Captain America and blah, blah, blah. like nobody cares about Moon Knight. Nobody has ever cared about Moon Knight. Look at the sales figures. Oh my <laughs> god. Moon Knight is stupid. Stop it. Eh, I think like there's a there's a I, there's a small part that could make me care. Again, like, I always go back to the Guardians of the Galaxy. They made me care about Guardians of the Galaxy. It's not impossible to make me care about Moon Knight. I enjoy the back and forth with Ethan Hawke and Oscar Isaac, but I really just enjoy Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke. I don't think I really. Well, that's the thing. Like you could the put thing. them in any role, and they'd they'd be our like. Well, not any role. Let's let's not bring up Apocalypse here. Sure, sure. Yeah, we get it. We get it. Um. Uh. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a thing. Listen, man, I'm already in for a penny, in for a pound on this, so I'm gonna finish it. So, I I have a a show that I've been watching that I am much more into. Ooh, that I am replacing one of our other topics with, or I'll just add a good topic and figure okay. out which one we want to. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. No. Don't here. Dump my other one. Let's talk about that one. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm not into Moon Knight and I mean, I think the character looks cool and that has been the best thing about Moon Knight in history. Yeah. That can kind of get you, they can get you through a couple issues and then that's right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And there's probably been some decent writers who, who have taken it on and those runs are probably worth taking a look at, but, um, yeah, overall 
not not my deal. I just I can't. It's not your bag. I get no, it. No, I just I just don't care about this show at all. <sighs> There's also no stakes to me whatsoever. I I can't again. Like I'm on the I'm firmly on the I have no idea what's going on train. But that's it's okay. Like things happened and you know, it was it was mildly entertaining when I watched it. So you know, yeah, I guess that that's that's my expectations now. Mildly entertaining. Like yeah. that's that's what I hope for. I at least that's my greatest hope for Obi Wan is like mildly entertain me and don't annoy me. Is mm. it, is this mm-hmm. just like I've just lowered my standards a lot for Disney Plus yeah, shows? I think so. Yeah, I think I think I have. Uh, before we get out of this, I know I have to stop and apologize to the Wisconsin and Minnesota natives because I continue to think that Wisconsin is a land of a thousand lakes and it's not. Mis- right. Minnesota is a land of 10,000 lakes. And I swear to God, one of these days I will be able to separate those two. But much like New Hampshire and Vermont in my head, I think they should just be one state. So hmm. that's it. I just angered four states. So that's, yeah, that's okay. We were actually having the conversation about the New Hampshire and Vermont thing, like amongst my family the other day. Mm-hmm. And and again, I don't know. I don't need to head off criticism because those people are so nice. They're not really going to criticize me that much. But I will also say that Connecticut doesn't really need to be a state. So that's fine. Like we can just conclude. I was going to say, like you, you could know? say the same for like Connecticut, Mass, Rhode Island, like that kind of. Could we just yeah. make that like New England? Could just New England be a state? Like right. You well, know, I mean, you can say the same of the Dakotas. Oh, oh, the Dakotas the the shining example of why do we have two but it's okay Whatever. i mean like the, there is a real answer to that there is it's not a good answer but we shouldn't it's not it's not so. <laughs> it's not a good answer but it's all right i think if we start talking about like delineating state lines that's exactly how much we cared about moon Knight. so this is a good place to probably yeah talk about i cards. actually care about the delineating state lines significantly more <laughs> more than moon Knight. yeah yeah woohoo community <laughs> In community this week, ladies and gents. All right, I mean, again, not going to say it's a slow news week, but there wasn't a whole lot happening except for... Uh, in the this... magic world. Let's say it's a slow news week. <laughs> slow news week in the magic world. There we go. There we go. One of these days I'm going to get that. Um, Adam, how would you like to pay $500 for, let's see, uh, an exclusive Neon Dynasty-themed backpack? Uh-huh. A, a card vault, which is... Uh, when did we start doing card vault and not just deck box? Like I get, I get that. Is it, like, is it different? Like, are they two different? I think things? a card vault is a thing that contains deck boxes. Oh, okay. Well, so, that's different. I then. mean, it okay. is different-ish. The most exciting thing about this, which is from Beetle and Grimm's um, swag portal, I guess they do a couple of, like you know they do pr- products that like are themed along with certain game worlds. So like they do some right. stuff for Pathfinder, they do some stuff for Dungeons and Dragons. All that stuff looks much more interesting than the stuff they do for Magic. But they specifically have these two products they've just put out for Magic to go along with uh Kamigawa and Neon, Neon Dynasty. Um and one of them is $499 uh to pre-order and the other is $199. Yeah. Uh, and most of them are just like uh, deck box. The, the most interesting thing here is the little, uh, um, little little ogre thing. I forgot the card. You know the the thing that is oh, just yeah, like yeah. an ogre head that is your spin down life counter. 
Yeah, um, which is, is pretty cool. It's cool, right? It ain't two hundred dollars uh, cool. The play mat is an LED play mat, so the glow on the outside is actually glowing. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a thing. I mean, it's interesting. It's not like it is. Know, this is this is perfect for this is what people are into. You know, like if if you are a person that's into this, great. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, if you are all in on Kamigawa right. and Neon Dynasty, this is this is your all in. I mean, I have questions that don't really need to be answered. Like, why is the the backpack like? Why does the backpack not only come with cool little dividers, which is neat? It's like a camera backpack, but I yeah. think also has an external USB port. It does, yeah. I, it, is it light up? I don't. I don't understand why I'm plugging my back. First of all, backpack I need to plug in. It's not a good backpack. I'm just gonna. Come I think up it's so it. that you can like charge your phone and stuff. That's weird, man. Why can't you just charge your phone? Why do you need a middleman? Well, I mean, if you're like, I mean, look, if you're spending five hundred dollars on a swag set of magic stuff, you probably play magic for long periods of time. I mean, okay, I guess. Like, you're not near a place where you could plug it again this is my question right like i would i assume if you're playing magic you're not playing magic on a hilltop somewhere so you were near an electrical outlet i don't no, know mark no. i don't know look at the vigilance counters are neat how about that i like the counters actually quite a bit yeah the counters are, are pretty cool i wish i could just get pieces of these things right yeah i mean well they may open it up to that later on you know depending on how this sells but yeah the, the counters are pretty cool um, yeah. The plus one plus one counters, you know, the vigilance counters. So, like, like these, those are those are pretty cool. I could definitely see people digging on the playmat. Uh, but I mean, the like, playmat seems the neat. light up playmat's cool. Yeah, but it's a little busy for me. But you know, there's a yeah there's a, a sidekick plush, which is a little cute raccoon. That's cute, right? Yeah, I mean, they're they're like. I mean, this I, is a... I actually like most of the products. Am I ever going to spend that much money on like? Either of these two box sets of things? No, it's not my thing. No. It seems weird to, like, rate a whale product, which is exactly what we're doing in this segment. But, I mean, it's it's interesting to see that people are putting out swag like this. Like, I feel like swag like this has existed for D&D for a long time. You know, like the, the side hustle of, like, right, oh, you can get right. figures, and you can get this, and you can do whatever, you know what I mean? And, like... Now, see, I'm not saying this is the first time it's happened for Magic. Clearly, it is not. But it's neat no. to see like a good quality company like Beetle and Grimm do it. Um, yeah. Again, yeah. I I think we stand on like if they slice this up into tiny little bits, like I would probably get some, but I would not, uh, would not spend all this money for the. I mean, I think that's the whole package. The correct move, but I mean, again, people our age that have more disposable income than us, who knows? You know. I mean, sure, man. Look, you know, that's a... Uh, isn't that what's driving all card prices anyway? Like the nostalgia move? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I sometimes hate capitalism. I mean... Most of the time, I'm fine with it, right? You know, like, like worst system except for all the others. That's where you land on those yeah, things. Yeah, I mean, that's that's you know? what it usually boils down yeah. to. Right? Same thing with, like, democracy. Like, it's messy, it's weird, but, like, I don't like fascism. You know, like, eh, communism doesn't yeah. work. You know, so, yeah, you, okay. I just, I don't know, I see these things that are horribly expensive, and I'm like, yeah. Right, right. But whatever, it's not, product not for me. If you guys like it, go for it. I would also like to know if you guys have, like, other swag. We did this before. We did a segment like this before of, like, other magic swag that mm. people like. Um, so, I you know, this is, like, the update 2022 version of magic swag. So. Right. 
I feel like this is like the off week episode for the professor, you know, like Tolarian Community College. <laughs> so like, oh, look at this cool swag. Well, whatever. So. Right. Anyway, folks, uh, that is it for Community this week because we got a big time strategy segment on lots of cards to talk about. So yeah. eventually, right after a dumb interstitial, we will talk about lots of cards. So stick with us. All right, sir, uh, you have brought a lovely liquid cheesy topic to the table that I think we need to talk about. So. Okay, so uh, I went to, for somebody somebody's birthday, they were like, hey, you know, I want you know, everybody to go to one of, the, one of these chain fondue places, right? Mm. Um, First of all, so, you guys have chain fondue places? I'm kind of jealous. Yeah, like, I mean, there's Colorado fondue and the melting pot. Those are like normal in most big cities right oh i don't know i mean it's not around here but who knows oh okay yeah anyway so um so here's my general take on fondue like i I am not anti-fondue that's good that's good you want to come out strong i well you don't have to come strong on fondue but you at least have to establish that you're not anti-fondue right yeah i don't like fondue restaurants Mm. there is nothing okay. wrong with the concept of fondue like like while eating i was like yeah cheesy goodness tasty yeah you know? right what's the downside um, that, that part's fine yeah um but I, w- I think i would just rather do it at my house than i would ever at a restaurant because it was like so for like two people at this particular place it was like over a hundred dollars for like two people to do this like full meal set thing mm-hmm. that's pricey yeah that's right. expensive yeah and it doesn't need to be because like the crap that they give you is like you know two ounces of of like bread that tastes like it's a day old and then like some broccoli and yeah, you know, like i mean th- this isn't like fancy shit you know right um so now now that said yeah every every bite that i had of the cheesy goodness i was on board when it gets to the other stuff, like the where it's almost hot pot, <laughs> like the meat in the in the like broth or whatever, I'm like, yeah, okay, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which we did not get. We got the cheese fondue and salads, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot for that. I also feel like that would be crap if you were a server, right? That's a lot of messy crap to bring back, and that's. I feel like fondue, yeah. fondue does not. Um, lend itself well to turning tables yeah you know so i I just think if i'm going someplace to cook my own food i would much rather go to hot pot or korean barbecue either one yeah korean barbecue all the way right right yeah if i'm gonna do that like mm -hmm. yeah if you want meat that you're cooking on a like that yes just do korean barbecue it's delicious yeah yeah, I would 100%. Like 10 out of 10 times, I would take Korean barbecue right. over fondue. Again, right. nothing now, against now, fondue. I mean, somebody, yeah, if I go to somebody's house and they're like, oh, I made fondue and there's all kinds of dippy things and a bowl of cheese, like, yeah, okay, that's delicious. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. You know, I, I yeah, so, so like the concept of fondue, I'm good with. Like, absolutely. Um, I think it's, it's really just like execution at a restaurant. I have no desire to go. It's funny because there are things... Like, there are certain restaurants I go the other way on. Like, sushi, 
I'm not skilled enough oh, to make it. Oh yeah, home. it's a pain but, in the butt to make your own sushi. Exactly. Like, so nah, I'm always going to go out for sushi, right? right? But like fondue's like I could heat up some cheese and, you know, like it's cut not up some that things. Hard. Like, it's like you get a double can... boiler and like a candle light and you're like <laughs> you're good. Yeah. Can sterno, try not to burn it. Yeah. Like I can right. get that. Yeah. Um it's so yeah, I I get that one, especially like when you're paying like primo money for the, right, the right. pot of cheesy things and you're like I could cut up this broccoli. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Was it cooked or raw broccoli? It was raw broccoli. Yeah, that makes sense, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Which well, I'm fine I... with. again, like I mean, the vegetables, which people were not like big on, like, mm-hmm. I just went for the vegetables because I like vegetables. Kind of seems like you know, I don't know, ordering like a T-bone steak with a diet coke, and you're like, I'm being healthy. Like, eh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. As, as long as there's, you know, you're not confusing yourself on that part. Um, oh no no no! It wasn't uh, it wasn't about the health. It was I I like vegetables, and I would rather have vegetables with cheese on them than I would have just like not very good bread with cheese on it. Yeah yeah, the day old bread with cheese gets a little old. Yeah, yeah literally. Huh. All right, well uh, you know fondue restaurants better in concept than in uh, execution. I think that's what it is. Yeah yeah, that's exactly it. No oh, shame. Oh, well. uh, maybe that's why we don't have that many up here. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we figured it out. You guys are more advanced. You, yeah. you the, figured out the... The state of New England figured out. Not yeah. not contiguous state borders, but we definitely figured out Fondue. Yeah, the New Republic of New England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, strategy. strategy this week ladies and gentlemen hey adam yeah there were lots of other cards that were not legendary that came out in streets of new Capenna commander yeah a lot of pretty good ones honestly there are actually a lot of pretty good ones yeah. that we totally overlooked um yeah. so ladies and gents we broke these down into uh this set's mechanics and then returning mechanics of which there are an effing ton um and then just other cards that caught our fancy so there, there were lots uh, lots and lots and lots. So I don't know. Do you want? Do we want to talk about all of these cards? Hmm. Uh, we can read through them quickly, but sure, yeah, there, are, there are a decent number of them. I mean, we'll we'll probably be quick on the back end with the technology, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's uh, let's do what we can with this one. So. Yeah. All right. So top of the pops here. We're going to focus on this set's mechanics first with Audacious Swap. So what the hell is Audacious Swap? It's the fourth card on your link. On Yeah, on this link that I'm just clicking. It's the fourth oh, card. Oh, motherfucker. God, I'm stupid. I was expecting it to be a blue card. Does It, it sounded oh. like a blue card, so I just totally okay. overlooked it. And I'm like, where the hell? I was okay. like, I'm staring right at the card. <laughs> right. Whatever, folks. It happens. Uh, Audacious Swap. Three colors and a red. Not a blue, as Mark was expecting, and then totally ignored the red <laughs> cards. Uh, it's an instant. It has casualty, two. So that's, uh, you may sack a creature with power two or greater as you uh, cast it, and then you can copy it uh, and choose new targets of the copy. So the owner of target non-enchantment permanent shuffles it into their library, then exiles the top of their library. If it's a land card, they put it onto the battlefield. Otherwise, they may cast it without paying its mana cost. 
Uh, I love this card just because I've kind of always wanted to do the nothing but polymorphs deck because you can do it to yourself as well. Sure. Yeah. I mean, this is just to me. I don't know. Am, am I being cranky? This seems like a less good uh, chaos warp. Uh, it is less good, except for you can make a copy of it and do it twice. Okay. All right. So, but you have to sack something to do it. So, possibly okay. Maybe better. Yeah. I mean, I don't think this is amazing, but I think it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Fine card is fine then. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, next one, sir. Uh, next one is boss's chauffeur. For four and a white, you get a zero zero elf citizen. That's it. Sorry. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, what yeah, Boss's <laughs> chauffeur enters the battlefield with a number of plus one plus one counters on it equal to the equal to one plus the number of other creatures you control. Uh, it has alliance. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one counter on boss's chauffeur. When boss's chauffeur dies, create a one-one green and white citizen creature token for each plus one plus one counter on it. A uh, lot of words for this thing to say. Like, it gets bigger, and when it dies, you get dudes for how big it was. Okay. Now, far be it from me to criticize uh, the writers and the designers over here at Watsi, because Lord knows we've never done that before. Yeah. Um, what is the difference between? Enters the battlefield with a number of plus one plus one counters on it equal to one plus the number of other creatures you control, and uh -huh. just enters the battlefield with a number of plus one plus one counters on it equal to the number of creatures you control. One is one more than the other? Right, but if it counts one plus the number of other creatures you control. Oh, oh just is that the number not of creatures the same, you control. Oh. Is that not the same as the number of creatures you control? Because this counts as one. You know what? Good point. No, I'm I'm seriously asking here because I we're, no, Lord no, no, knows you're, we're not. you're right, and that should have been what they did. Okay, I don't know why they didn't do that. All right, I, I'm asking like, is there some kind of like weird rules around this that I'm not seeing? Because to I don't to think English so. teachers' I think brain, just, I think they just have the other creatures you control is more of a templated thing for them. I don't think that there's an actual functional difference and reason why you okay. would do it that way. All right, I don't know. Whatever. Um, I'm not excited about this card, but. No, it's fine, but yeah, you know, like if you're in the deck that cares about plus one plus one counters and tokens, like sure, works. It's a good card. Yeah, a little pricey, yeah, but like yeah, it does what it says. So yeah, exactly. Uh, next uh, one. Is that me? Yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, Caldia Guardian. Caldea. Cald. Cal yeah, that's a good one. I don't know. <laughs> Caldea. Ah, it's fucking vowels. I don't know. Caldea Guardian. Um. Three colorless and a green human soldier four three. Whenever another, uh, whenever something guardian or another creature you control with mana value four or greater dies, create two one one green and white citizen creature tokens, and it has blitz for two and a green. So that's when you cast it, it gets haste, and then uh, when this creature dies, draw a card and you sack it at the beginning of the next end step. So when you sack it at the beginning of the next end step, you will get a card and then two one one green and white. Citizen creature yes. tokens for two and a green. That's not bad. Like you get a card, you get two tokens, all for yeah. three mana. It's pretty good if you're in the, you know, if you're all in on that strategy. It's very medium to me. Well, yeah, because I just don't, I don't care about ways. this at all. I mean, 
it's neat because there are those enchantments in green that you can draw a card for something for greater anyway. Right. So if you blitz this out and then you maybe draw another one off of that and then draw a card for this thing dying and then get your tokens and then, you know, right. I assume you're all in and then something else happens. I mean, for God's sakes, your boss's chauffeur is going to get bigger by three plus one plus one counters just off this yeah. guy. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I took the next one away because it's also in the next category. Sure. Right. And so we're jumping down to family's favor. Uh, which is two and a green for an enchantment that says whenever you attack, put a shield counter on target attacking creature until end of turn, it gains. Whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, remove a shield counter from it. If you do, draw a card. Uh, I like this card. I like this card. There's like no downside to me for this card. No, no. It's... I mean, like if it gets, if it doesn't get through... It's probably because it was blocked or somebody tried to to kill it in some way, which is what the shield counter is for. So great. Mm -hmm. Triggers on attack. Um, but if it does get through for whatever reason, you know, from trample to just it's unblocked, then you can get rid of the shield counter anyway and draw a card. Great. Yeah, really good, right? I don't yeah, know. I, yeah. I, I mean, I don't think it's, this is like knocking my socks off because there's a lot of ways to like when you deal damage, draw cards. Mm-hmm. Um, but the little bit of protection on top of it too. Like, I, I think it's cute. I like it. Yeah. I mean, I think I like it most in like a gruel deck where you're getting more combat steps, you know, mm -hmm. cause then you're drawing mm -hmm. multiple cards and doing things and like, this right. is really good in Voltron and it's well costed yeah. and yeah, I like family's favor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next one. Flawless forgery is actually blue. The first actual blue card in this list. <laughs> uh, Flawless Forgeries, three colorless and two blue. It's got casualty three, and it's a sorcery. You can exile target instant or sorcery card from an opponent's graveyard. Copy that card. You may cast the copy without paying its mana cost. So it's kind of like a bribery for someone else's instant and sorceries in their graveyard. There was... There was a card that did that. Memory Plunder? Yes. Memory Plunder did a thing, which was less but harder to cast. Yes. So, because that was high. Well, actually, was it harder to cast? Because it was hybrid. So, it was hybrid, so it was easier to cast. It was four yeah. four mana, easier to cast for Demir. Yeah, but you couldn't copy it, and it was an instant. So, mm. Memory so, Plunder is just similar, better. but not the same. <laughs> like, yeah. So, actually, just worse than Memory Plunder, but you could sack it. You can't sack a thing and then copy it. So, you could do this twice for five and yeah. killing a three mana thing. I'm not a huge fan. Like, this, I, I think this is overall overcosted. Like, the casualty is high, the casting cost is high. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of this one. It's a weird thing to me because, especially for casualty three, like, you have yeah. little dorks when you're doing instance of sorceries shenanigans, right? You might have a, a one mana or two mana or whatever, but like right. I don't know, having a three mana creature is kind of that you want to get rid of. Yeah, like, that you want to get rid of is kind of rare, right? Yeah. Mm, so yeah, I don't know. Flawless forgery. You don't have really have a home to me. I don't think so. Yeah. Whatever. Next yeah. one. Next one is Mask of the Schemer. It's mm. two and a blue, uh, for an artifact equipment. When equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, it connives X, where X is the amount of damage it dealt to that player. Uh, if you don't recall what connive is, uh, it's you draw that many cards, and then you discard that many cards, and you put a plus one, plus one counter on that creature for each non-land card you discard it. So kind of a 
a heavy loot here so you can sort out your hand however you need to uh, and pump up the creature potentially as well i really like this card i am kind of medium on it like I don't know. I, I I don't see the. I just don't see the need. Like I would rather just be conniving Adam, in an ancillary way. That's because you play good decks. Well, right. I, I mean, I don't even know that that's it. Like I just, I don't know. Listen, like, are you are you gonna put in a three mana two to equip equipment that doesn't actually net you cards? Uh I would depending on the deck. So okay. like if I was doing Merfolk. Right, because Merfolk are tiny little evasive dudes, right? Because they all got Island Walk. You are constantly looting in that deck anyway, right? So this is right. the thing that makes it bigger, and then does a thing, and like gives you a bonus for a thing that you already wanted to do. And it's a it's an X loot, right? So it's not just a one loot. You're already like tossing stuff in your graveyard and and getting stuff back, hopefully anyway. So like right. that, the rogue deck, you know, like. Even like ninjas or something would like this. I don't know. I like E. So, okay. I, I think it's a good card. So, no. Yeah. I think it's a good card in a very particular strategy. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, next one is me. Damn it. Mezio Mugger. I'm going to get the hang of this one these days. It's okay. No problem. Mezio Mugger is four colorless and red. It's a Viashino Rogue. It's a 3 3. Uh, whenever Mezio Mugger attacks, exile the top card of each player's library. You may play those cards this turn, and you may spend mana or mania of mania mana <laughs> of any color to cast those spells. And it has Blitz two and a red. So, if you're in on the playing the top of everybody's cards deck, yeah, I mean, I think it's just another tool in Atali, right? Because it's, yeah. it, it is each player's library, so you're kind of technically milling everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, because it does exile each one of those, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, I like this card. I'm not, like, you know, super excited about it, but I think if you're in an Atali-type deck, this definitely goes in there. I mean, listen, if you want to play your dinosaurs, you know. Yeah, I mean, is... it is it is one of the cooler dinosaurs. It's Yeah, it's a... Are Vyashinos dinosaurs? I think they're dragons. Okay. I think it's the equivalent of, like, a half-dragon. Huh. Okay. All right. So, like, if that's... Or dragon folk. Yeah. Hmm. All right. I'm trying to equate this in my brain to something in, like, D&D &D hierarchy. Because there's, like, sorcerers have dragon blood, and you can get wings and stuff. Yes. Right? So, I don't, I don't know. I can't actually... I think this comes down to I'm confused what a Viashino is. They're, like, vaguely reptilian, right? So... Yeah. Something, something... Okay, I don't know. I'm going to stop. Uh, <laughs> next one. Next one is Rose Room Treasurer. Uh, it's three and a red for a 4-3 Ogre Warrior with Alliance. Whenever another... Sorry. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, create a treasure token. If this is the first or second time this turn, or this ability has resolved this turn. Man, the words. Yeah. <laughs> uh, otherwise, you may pay X. When you do, Rose Room Treasure deals X damage to any target. This is a very strange card. This is just confusing. Like, first or second time this ability is resolved? So the first or second time that a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you get a treasure token. Okay. The third plus times, you are allowed to pay X, and then it deals X to any target. Okay. 
I mean, I guess I like that it's first or second. Um, I mean, I would like it if they just took the timing restrictions off and just said, hey, whenever a creature enters your battlefield, get you, you, get a, treasure get you a treasure token, right? That but would then, just be but better. But when do you get to pay X? I mean, what if we just didn't get to pay X? What if we just got to do the treasurer thing? What if we Ooh. didn't get to pay X? What if, yeah. what if it just turned out to be a better card that way? It probably is a better card that way, but eh, whatever. Listen, I should stop just like theory crafting my mind. What if it was a better card? But what if it was just a better card? Yeah, we yeah. do that a lot. Yeah, we, we do do that. And then also, you know what I've noticed? Like doing the show for a long time. Guess what? Wait two years. That card will come out. Yeah, so, you're not wrong. <laughs> so yeah. it's fine. Whatever. Um. So otherwise, you may pay X when you do Rosen Treasure deals X to any target. I like that. Yeah. I like that. That's not it's bad. It's fine. I mean, like, I just, yeah. This card doesn't do much for me, is all I'm saying. <sighs> I mean, it's listen, not bad. Man, it's, it makes, it's probably fine. Makes treasure tokens. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of things make treasure tokens now. Okay. All right. Let me let me try to Christmas land this one. Right. Oh, You're okay. in. All right. all right. I'm setting the scene. Okay. You're in. Is it? Okay. You're marching the machines with your treasure okay. tokens. Okay. So, if the first time you did this. And you created a treasure token, and it entered the battlefield. Is it a creature, and does it trigger this? You have marched uh, the believe, machines I out. believe so, yeah. Okay. So it only does it twice. Does it then automatically do it twice if you have marched the machines yes. out? Okay. That's the end of my uh, little Christmas land trip. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess we can move on from that. I didn't really. It automatically so you, it automatically does it twice, and you automatically trigger the third one. Okay, all right. Look at that. And then you could sack your things. Oh wait, no, you can't because they're they have summoning sickness. So never mind. That's a bad play. Yeah. Okay. Okay, bad play. Next one uh, <laughs> is a cephalid advisor though. So it hey, is. we're back it onto is. it. Uh, shield broker, three colorless and two blue. So three four. Did we not talk about this already? I don't know. Did we? I don't know. I mean, there's only so many cephalids so. to go around. So whatever. I guess no, we'll talk about I think, it. No, I think we got more cephalids within the, the commander set. Okay. I mean, listen, I'm never going to turn down a cephalid. So sure. Yeah. Uh, when cephalid advisor shield broker enters the battlefield, shocker, uh, you put a shield counter on something. What? Specifically on target non-commander creature you don't control. Uh, and then you gain control of that creature for as long as it has a shield counter on it. I mean... I kind of dig that. It's kind of neat. It's control magic. But at the same time, it's like, it's only one, you know? It's like only it only one. does this once, and it's like, meh. What if you're blinking it, though? Yeah, I guess. It gives you something else to do in a blinky deck. It does. What it if does. What if your blinky deck was also a steel deck? What if? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next card. Um, next card is Smuggler's Buggy. Okay, this is just fun to say. Yeah, Smuggler's Buggy is a four mana, five, five artifact vehicle with hideaway four. Uh, and when it enters the battlefield, you look at the top four cards, you can exile one of them, uh, face down and put the rest on the bottom in any order. Whenever Smuggler's Buggy deals combat damage to a player, you may cast the exiled card without paying its mana cost. If you do, return Smuggler's Buggy to its owner's hand, Crew 2. Uh, I actually think this is... I, I don't think this is amazing, but I think it's it's pretty well costed. Like, Hideaway 4 is fine. This is a 5-5. Five, five. Um, 
the whole thing costs four mana when it deals combat damage to a player. So like you can still swing a five five at like you know chumps all day long. So you don't it doesn't bounce back to your hand unless you choose to take advantage of the cast. Sure. Cruise for two, which isn't too bad. Like, you know, it's a to me it's a very medium card. Like it goes in the vehicle deck and that's the end of it. Yeah. I think I would I don't know if I would be super excited except to read Smuggler's Buggy. Like, the name makes me happy. <laughs> um, I don't know if that card is really worth playing. But I would sure. also I would also put it in that deck. So Right. Uh, next one. We are getting to the end of this. Uh, Wave of Rats. Yeah. That's just, that's going to ruin your day. It is. You know? Uh, Wave of Rats is three colors and a black. It's a rat. Shocker. It's a 4-2 mm. trample, though. You don't often get trample on rats. It's so. true. And when Wave of Rats dies, if it dealt combat damage to a player this turn, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control, and then you can blitz it for four and a black, so it gains haste and it sacks, and then... This is neat. I, I think this is neat, not just for the Rats deck, but this is just a neat card. Yeah, yeah. I like the the weird, like, recursion, you know, coupled with how it plays with the trample that it has and stuff. Like, it's a, it's... I think it is neat. I don't think it's good. Ooh, I don't know, though, man. It comes back to the battlefield untapped. So you got a 4-2 blocker on the backside of that, and then you get a card, and then you're probably you're in black, so you're probably getting some kind of benefit for stuff dying or coming in or out of the graveyard or... I mean, it's a 4-2. Like, yeah. Yeah, but it's a 4-2 for 4 with draw a card and do a thing, and it's got trample. I mean, you don't draw a card. What? If if it dealt combat damage to a player and dies, well, actually, no, it just dies anyway. So yeah, no, you only draw a card if you paid five for it. Oh yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, I still like it. So. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, whatever. Uh, um, last one. Last one is Xander's Pact for four black black. You have a sorcery with casualty two. Uh, each opponent exiles the top card of their library. You may cast spells from among those cards this turn. If you cast a spell this way, pay life equal to that spell's mana value rather than pay its mana cost. Yeah, cost. Yeah. Um, I I like this except for that it costs six. Like th- this goes in Gaunti and like anything that's like shooting for that kind of, mm-hmm. of thing. Um, I think like something Atali plus Gaunti, you know, like playing with other people's decks, like a Rakdos type build seems like it, it's even viable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like this card. I like that you can pay the, the mana in life instead, like very black effect. Also like very potentially good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I kind of like this card. It costs six is my biggest problem. <sighs> Yeah, costing six is hard. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, because this is almost, right, this is almost a bribery type effect. But bribery, you just get to play it. Yeah, well, you know what? I kind of weirdly think this might fit in Kyrick, right? Because you're paying mm. life all the time in that deck anyway. Sure. And so, like, this one has an interesting effect. It's paying some life. You're probably getting it for four and then four life for the yeah. cost. So, eh, maybe. You know, and then the casualty too. You get to do it twice. Like, yeah. So yeah, I mean, digging too deep in people's libraries, you may you may be able to find something, you know, worth doing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely interesting. I I don't know, 
I don't know how much play it's actually going to get. I feel like this is a great example of a commander card in that, like, not great, but could be really swingy. And the one time this thing really connects, it's going to be a story, you know? So. Yeah, I agree. That's that's a very good point. Like more designs like this that are interesting and playable, but not like optimized is actually what Commander needs to kind of get back to being a casual format that's enjoyable. Yeah, right. Like, cause these this is the card when 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 you like swing the game with Xander's Pact, you right. know, your six mana sorcery. Like that's a cool idea. When you win the game, you know, with your I don't know, lab man combo for the 80th time. That's not right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can, can I also say before we move on, I did not realize that Xander had quite this many horns on his head. Like mm. I thought it was just a, is two that a big horn ones. situation or is his head like dissolving? I thought it was a horn. Oh, those are horns. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I look back at the other art now, I just saw the two biggies and then yeah. there's lots of little ones. Like yeah. this dude is never wearing a hat. No, so, it's just, it's unfortunate, but Hey, it happens. Yeah. Uh, now next one, uh, next category rather is returning mechanics. Like, oh my goodness gracious! They, yeah, they, they they stacked it with these. So <laughs> they, uh, they done returned some mechanics, sir. Right. Yeah. yeah. So first one up is Angelic Sleuth. Uh, I think we can figure out which mechanic they're probably using here. Mm. Uh, it is a two-three angel advisor for two and a white, and uh, it has flying. So they brought back flying. Oh, well, there you go, then. Right. Now, uh, whatever another permanent you control leaves the battlefield, if it had counters on it, investigate, which means to make a clue token. Um, this is okay. I mean, I'm like, I'm not excited about this card at all. I mean, I think if you're in the angel deck, you want a good costed angel that does something. I mean, but it doesn't do anything in your deck. Angels don't care about counters. It's only when eh. something leaves the battlefield that has counters on it. Eh, there's something. To, I mean, you're blinky things sometimes. and I guess. Like, I don't know. This, this one is pretty meh to me. But it might be really good in the advisor deck. It might be. So yeah. you're, you're right. You know, don't slow roll that one. Yeah. Uh, next one, body count. So body count is two cards and a black. It's an instant, but has spectacle for one black. And you can draw a card for each creature that died under your control this turn. I just like this card. Yeah, I, I think that this is another one of those, like, this is kind of niche, but in those scenarios, this is, like, perfect. I think that it honestly fits in, like, aristocrats-type things, because there's a lot of, like, you know, when something dies, people lose one life. So you're automatically going to get the spectacle-type thing. Mm -hmm. And if you decide to get on one of your things where you're sacrificing a whole bunch of stuff in a turn, then you could probably draw, like, you know four or five cards off of this for one black which is great yeah i think this is just efficient wise this is probably if not the most efficient card out of this set like the thing that might see the most play in the most decks you yes. know because like yeah. everyone loves everyone loves the aristocrats apparently uh given yeah. the numbers and like, even it's, like green black tokens or something like that yeah. it would do fine it's just know? very efficient for what it does yeah. so it's hard not to like this card yep next one uh, next one is Change of Plans. It's X, 1, and a blue for an instant that says each of X target creatures you control connive. So it actually has connive, but I took it out of the other one because it says uh, you may have any number of them phase out. Ooh. So it also has phasing on it, um, which is really interesting. So each of X target creatures you control connive and then you may have any of them phase out. So to have a creature connive, draw a card, then discard a card, 
uh, if you discarded a non-land card, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. And then you can still have them phase out because the counters stay on things that phase because they're not exiling. Yes, because they're not leaving the battlefield, technically. Right, right, exactly. They go to a different plane of existence or some crap. I don't sure. know. But anyway, this is kind of interesting. So it's like uh, you can save some number of creatures on your team and make them bigger at the same time and loot at the same time. Yeah, there's not like a downside to this, I don't think. There's not. This is a, this is a pretty interesting protective plus looting spell. Um, I don't know exactly where it goes, but I like it. Well, I guess it goes in the, um, oh, what's that? What's that Sphinx that lets you draw instead of loot? Oh, Jesus. I have that deck too. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it goes in any, in any bike. Is it, or, or, um, maybe spellslinger your deck where you're relying on a commander or a specific creature or creatures to do a right. thing, you know, that probably die an awful lot. You know, um, so I I, know I like this card quite a bit. So yeah, because even if you cast it for three, like targeting one creature, so three, you target one creature, you basically like protect it, you loot one, and it gets one bigger. Okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I think I think it's a decent card. Good card is good. Next one. Ah. <sighs> Next one. What is the next one? Contractual Safeguard. So Contractual Safeguard is two colorless and a white. It's an instant with addendum. You would be yeah. forgiven if you did not remember what addendum was from <laughs> yeah. the third time we returned to Ravnica. I think so, yeah. Uh, so if you cast this spell during your main phase, put a shield counter on a creature you control, and if it will be dealt damage or destroyed, remove that shield counter. Um, choose a kind of counter on a creature you control. Put a counter of that kind on each other creature you control. Hmm. Again, I know we said it last week. This is this smacks to me of like, oh, you didn't like Akoria with all its counters. Let me give right, you more counters. Right. So, I guess if that's yeah, your game plan, I mean, it it adds to that. I mean, you can play it in the plus one plus one counters deck, and so at instant speed, this could like you know buff your entire team one. Sure. Or give the or if you're doing it on your main phase, then it gives your entire team a shield counter. Okay. I mean, it's not bad, but it's really not exciting. I mean, what's the what's the best? I don't know the the best version of this is putting shield counters on everything. I guess. I Cause, guess. Because then, if they would be just like, if you did two Carlos and a white, and you already had a thing with a shield counter out. And you just made everything have a shield counter. You can save your board from a board wipe. Which isn't bad. It's not bad. No, it's not bad. It's not I exciting, mean, but yeah. Yeah, a save of your entire board from a board wipe is pretty good. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe I'm just I'm just old and grumpy about this card then. Yeah, I think I am too, honestly. Yeah, yeah this is probably better than I'm giving it credit for. But just because I'm not really interested in playing it. So yeah. I should not let that work its way into my, my silly evaluation. Speaking about silly evaluations, let's talk about the next card, sir. Yeah, Determined Iteration is one in red for an enchantment that says, at the beginning of your turn, populate. The token created this way gains haste, sacrifices at the beginning of the next end step. If it matters any, it's the beginning of combat on your turn. Not just the beginning, the... Oh, did I say the beginning of your turn? Beginning yeah. of combat. I, don't, turn, I mean, yeah. I guess that matters. Right? I think it does matter, actually. I was yeah. like, 
um, because let's say you're playing Felden, mm -hmm. right? At the beginning of your turn would be bad. True. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, beginning if, of combat, if you want to activate Felden in the middle of your turn. Yeah. Um, so, well, I guess you could activate it at the, at the end of somebody else's turn. And yeah, but multiple combat turn. steps, right? Then this would activate multiple times. Right, right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I like it for Felden. I don't really see a purpose otherwise. <sighs> I mean, if you need to round out that populate deck you got. You With know. red? Well, it's got, yeah, it's a Naya populate deck. Hell yeah, I guess. So, yeah. I'm not super excited, but it seems neat, though. I mean, I would give yeah. it a, I would give it a roll in Felden, just like you say. I think that's the, the best spot for it, but, eh, you know. Uh, next one is, I think, best name in the set. Do we yes. agree? Yeah. Easily, yeah. easily best name. Dodgy Jalopy. Uh, <laughs> man, again, just like, I don't know, yeah. Smuggler's Buggy? Like, God, someone had a really good time with this. Uh, two Carlos and a green. It's a vehicle with star five for power. It's got trample. Its power is equal to the highest mana value among creatures you control. It's, it, you're in green, so it's probably going to be pretty big. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's got crew three and scavenge two and a green. So, again, would be, this is a, what, set? Return, actual return to Ravnica, I think, is scavenge. Uh, two Carlos and a green. You can exile this card from your graveyard. Put a number of plus one, plus one counters equal to this card's power on target creature. Scavenge only as a sorcery. I mean, listen, man. I like this in my dumb Lurgoyce deck. So sure, sure. That's not a that's not a real reason to play this card, but but it's a neat card. So. Yeah, I don't hate this. I mean, like, I, I think that it, it works in, like, if you are doing a scavenge deck, honestly, like, which they're they're not horrible, you know, doing doing something with, with scavenge. Yeah, super linear, but not horrible. Yeah, because yeah. uh, there was a commander with, with scavenge that was pretty good, you know? Yeah, I had that deck together for a little while. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, it works in there. It works in a couple of different places. Uh, you know, I mean, you can put it in the... In the vehicle deck, yeah, I mean it's it's fine, awesome name. I feel like the name is something that it was named through the entire development cycle. <laughs> like somebody scribbled "dodgy jalopy" at the top of the card, and they were like, "Why were we not calling it that?" Like, I feel the same way, it. yeah, about Smuggler's Buggy, right? Yeah, it's just like we just have to have these. I don't really care what it's on. Yeah, right, exactly. You could probably make an argument for the next card as well. Yeah. Yeah. So next card is Dogged Detective. Dogged. Yeah, dogged. Dogged detective. Uh, one and a black for a 2-1 human rogue. Uh, when dogged detective enters the battlefield, surveil two. Uh, and again, the, an old one. That was from the second return to Ravnica? Ravnica? Yeah, no, third return to Ravnica. The return, return the return. Yeah. Got it. Um, no, so that's the second return. It's the oh, third geez. trip to. Oh, fucking Christ, yes. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, look at the top two cards of your library, then put any number of them into your graveyard, and the rest on the top of your library in any order. Uh, whenever an opponent draws their second card each turn, you may return Dogged Detective from graveyard to hand. Ooh. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, because it's going to trigger. Like people are going to draw more than one card in a turn. Like that's fine. But I also don't think that I care that that happens. Like uh, the rest of this card isn't good enough for me to want to cast it that many times. Like, well, you know, surveil too is fine, but it's not like surveil is just surveil is a mechanic that hasn't come into its own yet. I yeah, 
You know, yeah. like one of these days when the surveil thing happens, then I get to play that demon where you can pay life and surveil, and then yeah, you know, then uh, maybe, but until right. then, not so much. Next one, ooh, we got an aftermath card. Yeah, yeah. Uh, indulge to excess is two colorless and a red. The indulge side is a sorcery. Whenever a creature you control attacks this turn, create a one-one green and white citizen creature token. Uh, that's tapped and attacking. And then the excess side has Aftermath, which is cast this spell only from your graveyard, then exile it. Uh, create a treasure token for each creature you control that dealt combat damage to a player this turn. It is difficult to read at a 90-degree angle. Yes, yes. Yes. Mm, not bad. I I don't like the card that much. I like it, it. I like the indulge side more than the excess side. Listen, I like it because I play Naya tokens. Yeah, so, that's fine. You know, like it, for one and a red to get a treasure token for each creature you control that that got through this turn, that's pretty good. Yeah, you know, and not amazing, but pretty good. You know, so and you know, you do the indulge side. It's okay. Yeah, so, it's basically you, okay. Yeah. 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 Next one. Next one is Into Deep. Uh, it's blue, blue for an enchantment aura with split second. Cool. Yeah. Uh, enchant creature, planeswalker, or clue. Enchanted permanent <laughs> is a colorless clue artifact with pay two, sacrifice this artifact, draw a card, uh, and it loses all other abilities. It's interesting to me that you can enchant a clue. It, yeah, it's funky this is more flavor than substance to me but it's yes you know because like all right (sighs) all right so what is it you do this on someone else's thing right so you you can chant a permanent or a planeswalker probably planeswalker is the best version of this and then it just turns into a thing where like all right well you can sack this and draw a card if you want so so i mean i think even from flavor perspective i think this should have said creature planeswalker or artifact not yeah, clue yeah because i mean like like think about like sleuths you know they're, they're looking around they interview people so they might talk to a creature or planeswalker and then they find clues which could be any artifact you know mm-hmm. so i don't like yeah like i think it's just weird but um but it's not too bad. I mean, yeah, you, you can basically turn somebody's creature into a clue, which is fine. Yeah. Well, I think the problem with enchanting a clue is you're turning a clue into a clue. Well, right, that which is stupid. <laughs> yeah, so like what? It has you... no value to either side. <laughs> yeah, so that's really, that's a that's a, that's a a whiff. But the rest of it is neat, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Again, more, more style than substance, but neat. But also, at the same time, this is instant speed blue removal. Yep, for planeswalkers. For planeswalkers. So, for planeswalkers and creatures. So, I, I actually do think that it's a decent card. I don't think that it's an auto-include, but I do think it's a decent card. Ooh, what deck would uh, you put this in? Like, mono-blue? In mono... I, I think it, it would go in mono-blue, and then I think it goes in, uh, like, a Tavasa um, Enchantress. Because okay. it's instant speed enchantment and okay. removal. Okay, yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, neat. Uh, next one, Killer Service is two Carlos and a green. It's an enchantment. Whenever Killer Service enters the battlefield, create a number of food tokens equal to the number of opponents you have. It's cute. 
Um, yeah. And then at the beginning of your end step, you may pay two Karos and sack a token. If you do, create a 4-4 green rhino warrior creature token. This whole card is cuter than it is good, but I but it is super cute. Like I love everything about it, but I don't think I'd ever play it. I mean, I think you'd have to be in... Um, Oh God! You'd have to be rocking the academy manufacturer, right? Yeah. So yeah. you make a a food, and then you also get a clue and a treasure token. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why academy manufacturer popped up to like eight bucks this week. Yeah, yeah. So there's a I, lot of things that that play in that area now. Yeah, right. And like now we have a bajillion different kinds of tokeny things, and so right. now you can just do other things with your tokeny things. I don't know if that becomes a reason to run this, like. No, but, but I, yeah, I like where this is playing in, you know, like it's, it's cute. Um, I, I think it actually seems like a fun card, but I don't think outside of smashing these decks up against each other, you're ever going to play it. Yeah. I mean, it's funky, right? Like, uh, Phil friend of the show had his cool Guillaume master chef deck, which was that weird troll warlock that does things. And like, that was actually a scary good deck. But, I mean, this just feels good at magic and builds really good decks. So, you know, I, I don't know that that's a that's a that's an advertisement for playing more food tokens in your life. But, I mean, hey, whatever is a thing you do with food. So, yeah. you know. And, again, food counts as artifacts. So, if I guess if you're doing some green something shenanigans yeah, with green artifacts. artifacts. Yeah, that seems like a solid architect. <laughs> I mean, that deck was cool. I don't... I don't know that like green artifacts were going to get you across the finish line, but it did yeah. in that case. So yeah. Uh, next one. Next one is life of the party. It's a three and a red for a zero one creature elemental oh. with what? Oh, you skipped over one. Did I skip one? Oh, sorry. Uh, that, that, that's that fine. I mean, listen, uh, you were excited about life of the party. I, oh, I was, uh, I know I'm good. <laughs> so, uh, Next one is Lethal Scheme. Two black, black for an instant with Convoke in black. Mm. Uh, and Convoke means that you can tap creatures uh, while casting the spell to pay for one mana of that creature's color or a generic mana. Uh, and the spell says destroy a target creature or planeswalker. Each creature that convoked Lethal Scheme connives. So this is a this is a really weird card. It's a really weird card, but I I really like it though. So instant speed destroy creature or planeswalker for four is not bad because no. like it's normally three for that effect, right? Sure. Instant speed kill spell. Okay, so so we're one more than that, but we get to convoke. Mm-hmm. So if it's something we haven't attacked with that we might never attack with because it's like a utility creature or something like that. You know, like your blood artist. It's zero one anyway. Like who cares? So <laughs> right, you, yeah. you tap that, decrease the the casting cost, and it connives, so you get to loot and get a plus one plus one. I think it's going to be in the right deck, which I don't know what the right deck is, but I think that this might see some play. I mean, I think it's like tokeny, aristocraty something. Maybe not aristocrats, but definitely tokens. Like I think in something that you're not re that like I actually see it in like uh, mono black control because you're usually Ooh. not attacking a ton in that anyway. That's interesting. I was gonna say uh, mono black rats. Oh, interesting. You know, because you got I mean not like yeah, you got the tokens and stuff. Yeah. yeah, and then they're getting a little bit bigger. You know, so mm-hmm. whatever. So some kind of mono black tokeny something. Yeah, yeah. So so I mean I think this this will 
this will find its home. Uh, but I don't think it's like, yeah, this is definitely not an auto include in everything kind of. You know, no, deal. I don't think so. Um, boy, I think we forgot to put, I think we've got to put life insurance in here because it has extort. No, life insurance is in the technology segment. Right. But shouldn't life insurance be in here because it has extort? Because that's an returning mechanic. I I mean, when we have overlap, I get very confused. <laughs> sure, whatever. Um, I, we're going to read about it one way or the other, so I will yeah. move on to Life of the Party. Uh, Life of the Party is three colors and a red. It's an elemental creature, a zero one one with first strike trample and haste, which seems bad off the top, but it has things. Yeah. So when Life of the Party attacks, it gets plus X plus O until end of turn, where X is the number of creatures you control. When Life of the Party enters the battlefield, if it's not a token... Each opponent creates a token that's a copy of it. The tokens are goaded for the rest of the game. I love this card. That's pretty good, man. That's for I the mean, rest like, of the it game. Gets, it gets bigger. Your opponents all get a copy of it, but they're goaded so they can never attack you. Well, until it's down to, to you and one turn. other guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, no, they attack each combat if able and attack a player other than you if able. Yeah, yeah, if able. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. when it's down to a one and one But yeah, you're, you're right. Your point still stands for most of the game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's really good. I still really like it. Yeah. Yeah. Man, if you're going against the token player and you have this, that's really right. good. And they're probably going to smash them. Like, they, they, they're just going to smash them into each other, but then there's the trample part of it. Mm-hmm. So, like... Yeah, I just I, everything about this card seems like a fun thing to screw everybody over. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's great. If you just really want to just like fuck with the combat step, like yeah, and, and that's what makes it fun. So yeah, I think again, this is where I want commander design to go. Right, that's like, exactly where I want fun, design weird, to go. interactive. Yeah, yeah. I, like, when I first read that card, I was like, yes, more of that, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. It's the it's the most fun way to do like what they tried to do with that lightning rager card. Oh yeah, yeah. Which I actually I like lightning rager, but yeah, it's not very good. So. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I I like this so much more. Also true. Yeah. Uh, next one. Next one is Park Heights Maverick. For two and a green, it's a human soldier two two with dethrone. Hmm. Uh, throwback to conspiracy. Yep. Yep. Uh, whenever this creature attacks the player with the most life or tied for the most life, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Okay? That's mm-hmm. not that great. <laughs> Dethrone as a mechanic is notably weak. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Park Heights Maverick can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. Uh, and when Park Heights mechanic, whenever Park Heights mechanic deals combat damage to a player or dies, proliferate. This card is notably pretty weak, in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah. I, I like. There's. I can't think of a deck that I would put this in and like really want. I mean, like, there's so many better ways to proliferate. Right. Exactly. So... Like, I guess if you really just want another proliferate source, and you're like in an infect deck, like, sure. But why? Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> sure but why is kind of what i think of when i look at this card yeah exactly <laughs> like, huh? i don't know shrug emoji huh? right exactly okay uh, uh next one. Ooh, reign of riches yeah. got a cascade card look yeah at that. uh reign of riches three colorless two reds an enchantment when it enters a battlefield you create two t- treasure tokens the first spell you cast each turn that mana 
Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. The first spell you cast each turn that mana from a treasure was spent to cast has Cascade. Okay. okay. Oh. So, so as long as one treasure was expended on a spell and it was the first one that you used a treasure on in that turn, that spell has Cascade. I feel like this card should have a checklist on it just to make sense of the mm. syntax on this card. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's kind of neat. I wish it wasn't five, though. I don't think that... Is that ability a five mana ability? I mean, it's five mana, but it does give you two treasure tokens, so it, it repays you for the five mana investment a little bit. I guess. I guess. Nah. You know, so... I, I think it's basically just saying we don't want you to play this before turn five, generally speaking. But after that, it's okay that this costs three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want like this version 2.0, which is three mana and just says the first Can't time. Cast it till turn five. <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever. I don't know. What I want something else. Uh, but, but it's kind of neat. I don't know. I, I'm not a huge Cascade guy. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I like to see Cascade peppered in. I, I like it to see to see it peppered in more than I like to see the Cascade deck. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, the all in Maelstrom Wanderer. Yeah, Maelstrom Wanderer. I mean, like, look, and Maelstrom Wanderer is a is a good deck, and for the person playing it, can be very fun. <laughs> that was very carefully worded. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, like, no, I mean, it, it's true for the person and, playing like, it, and then it's yeah. boring for everybody else. Yeah. Right, because Cascade is kind of broken so mm-hmm. yeah i mean i'm not surprised they had to nerf this a little bit yeah i guess i don't know maybe they're just yeah. afraid of the power yeah. yeah next one next one is sinister concierge uh two it's a two one for one and a blue it's a human wizard when sinister concierge dies you may exile it and put three time counters on it if you do exile up to one target creature and put three time counters on it each card exiled this way that doesn't have suspend gains suspend uh so basically whenever this dies it and another thing will be exiled with suspend three sure it seems like a lot of hoops to jump through for medium removal yeah yeah that's what i get to like i guess if you're in the wizard deck meh I don't. I don't even know that I would put it in there. Like, unless, mm-hmm. unless like I have a way to like actively make copies of it and sacrifice. No, this is this card. <laughs> this card's not good. New. No. Hey, but I you know, like you know what is good though. What's is, that? Is the haircut on this next bird advisor? Like, <laughs> all right. It's it's pretty impressive. Uh, Sky Boon Evangelist, four colorless and a white. It's a bird advisor. It's flying three three when it enters the battlefield. Support six which means you put up a plus one, plus one counter on each of up to six other target creatures. Uh, whenever a creature with a counter on it attacks one of your opponents, that creature gains flying until end of turn. Um, okay, so Harvey Birdman. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, is, is a thing. Uh, I don't like this card, and also I think that you are um, speciesist. Because uh, birds do not have hair, sir. Well, it's a quaff of feathers. I mean, listen, it looks like hair to me. If it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, man. Listen, who's saying that he couldn't be wearing a nicely tailored toupee? Also, I don't think he's a duck, so that's kind of offensive as well. 
Well, th- that part is species. Then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think I would be fine with this card if there wasn't already a card that just gave things that had tokens or that had counters on it flying. Yeah, there's that, and I I hate support. I think it's a really <laughs> bad mechanic. I mean, support makes me like bolster, right? R- exactly. So you're just like, <laughs> and that's oh. exactly the wrong the wrong reaction to anything. Yeah, you're just like, ooh, what did you do? No, yeah. that, was, that was bad. So, uh, but I think I like the next card though. Yeah. Okay. So next one is Skyway Robber. Uh, it's three and a blue for a three-three bird rogue with flying and escape, mm. uh, which is the return to Theros one, right? Yeah, yeah. Escape. Uh, so escape for three and a blue. Exile five other cards from your graveyard, and then you may cast it from your graveyard for its escape cost. Yeah. Uh, and then its actual ability is uh, Stayway Robber escapes with whenever Stayway Robber deals combat damage to a player. You may cast an artifact, instant, or sorcery spell from among cards exiled with Skyway Robber without paying its mana cost. This again, like, falls into the too many hoops category for me. Because, like, all right, I have to get this into my yard to begin with. And I don't want to get it into my yard by casting it once and then having it die because it's just a 3 3 for 4. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably doing some kind of self mill. Then I have to pay four for it to escape anyway and hope that there are five decent enough cards for me to care about to escape it with that I don't want to recur in some other way. And then I have to hit somebody with it to then cast one of those for free. It's a lot of hoops, but I would probably just put it in the rogue deck. Sure. And and get some recursion. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's not it's, great, though. It's very, very medium at best. <laughs> yeah. Lukewarm card. is lukewarm. Yeah. Uh, next one. Spellbinding Soprano. One in a red. I need more good one in a red cards in my life. Mm-hmm, I feel like that's mm-hmm. like the perfect mana cost. Uh, whenever Spellbinding Soprano attacks, instant sorcery spells you cast this turn cost one less to cast. Mm, I like. And it has yep. Encore, which I don't remember what set that was from. Encore? Uh, was Is that one Commander of the ones Legends? Rakdos, right? Oh no, you're right. I think yeah. it might. Yeah, it was yeah, the yeah the guy with the master waves or something. Anyway, yeah. Encore three and a red. Exile this card from your graveyard. For each opponent, create a token copy that attacks that opponent this turn. If able, they gain haste. Sacrifice them at the beginning of the next end step. Activate this only as a sorcery. So, what's magical Christmas land here? Right, like. You get three mana off your instants and sorceries because you made you've got four opponents and you encore this for four, but you could have just paid four for the instant sorcery you cast. But you're you're casting more than one, so yeah, yeah. I don't I don't see the use case. It's a bard though. <laughs> oh wow! Well, now now that you say that. Forget why do we get it. bards now? Auto, why? auto include in every red deck. But like, why did we get bards now? Why did we get bards know. in the goddamn Adventures in the Forgotten Realms set? Yeah. I, yeah. Whatever. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. It's medium-ish. Yeah. Maybe might be, might fall into lukewarm. Yeah. Next one. Next one is Vivian Stampede. It's four green green for a sorcery and it says each creature you control gains vigilance trample and melee until end of turn 
Uh, melee is whenever a creature with melee attacks, it gets plus one, plus one until end of turn for each opponent you attack this combat. Uh, also, at the beginning of the next main phase, draw a card for each player who was dealt combat damage this turn. I think this is a solid to medium overrun effect. Yeah, I feel like they finally made a card for me, person who plays a lot of shit and shouldn't on the first main phase. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, like all these other people who are like, geez, Mark, play things on your second main phase. No, 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 no. Vivian Stampede. First main yep. phase only, please. First yeah. main phase only. I mean, I like the combination of abilities too. Like, melee makes it so that you are having to make strategic choices as to how big this is going to get. Mm hmm. Uh, it also depends on how big your pod is. Uh, trample is an obvious one, but vigilance, I like that because it allows you to know that you can swing all out and not leave yourself open. Yep. So you're really just deciding about players. Uh, and then there's kind of balancing like, oh, do I throw this one trash creature at this player because I did, because I, I can, you know, maybe do two damage to them or something, you know, so that I draw a card also. Yeah. I don't know. So, I, yeah, I like it. Yeah, interesting, not crazy. So Yeah, I agree. Next one, waste management. Two colorless and a red. Oh, sorry, two colorless and a black. Uh, it's an instant with kicker. Three colorless and black. Well, and again, every mechanic is really kicker. So, yeah, it is. Um, so you can pay the additional three colorless and a black as you cast it if you want to spend seven for this. Uh, you can exile up to two cards from a single graveyard if the spell is kicked. Instead, exile target player's graveyard and then create a 2-2 black rogue creature token for each creature card exiled this way. I feel like this really should have been rats instead of rogues. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know? I agree with you on the... But they did make them 2-2s, which is not typically going to be a rat token, so I think that's probably the only reason. And I think that this in the mid to late game is pretty good, honestly. Like, you can use it as instant speed like removal if somebody's trying to recur something or you can have a pretty big blowout spell like if somebody has a lot of their graveyard filled then you could probably get seven to ten creatures and exile their yard yeah i do like it for like playing against the graveyard deck right yeah yeah then you blow them out and get a, a nice little thing on your side nice little I th team i honestly think it's a nice scalable card i i dig it yeah, it's a neat card. I don't know if I'm going to be like super excited to play it because you know to get the full power you need to pay seven. That's kind of a lot, but it uh, is. It is. I mean, that's a late game play. You can also do it on yourself. It's so if true. you're playing a self mill deck and you know you have forty things in your in your yard, well, forty two twos is a thing. Yeah, forty two twos is a thing. Um, next one, sir, which is last, the last, last one from this category. Yeah, yeah. is. Writ of Return. Three black black for a sorcery. Return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. Um, which is pretty bad, but it has Cypher. Ooh. Uh, so you can exile this encoded onto a creature you control, and then whenever that creature deals combat damage to a player, uh, you get to cast this for free. That's neat and a little evasive roguey sense yeah i agree i i think i think that this is this is cute in some decks not great yeah can i just ask is she putting that right in her torso like straight up in her sternum 
Oh, uh, or is she removing it from? Oh, yeah, I guess. I mean, either way, it looks uncomfortable. I thought she was holding a blue brain at first, and then I'm like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. I see what you see now, and I I didn't really think about it before, but yeah, I don't know. That looks painful. That looks like you were displacing some organs with that yeah. rate of return. Yeah. Don't do that. I mean, it's just a scroll of paper. Like, it's not that much displacement. I mean, listen, man, I haven't looked inside my torso lately. But I don't think there's room for a whole scroll in there. I mean, there's some extra room. There's a whole cavity I, there. Yeah, you're sloshing around in there. But I, yeah. and then stuff's going to get wet, you know? If nothing else, stuff is going to get wet in there. So, I don't know. It doesn't sound like a, a good hiding place, but what do okay. I know? Next one. Uh, this next category is a little smaller because it's just cards that caught our fancy. You know, they're just cards yeah. that we like um because we don't do set reviews but this might as well have been a set review i was gonna say we got real close with this one and (laughs) like not because we were trying just like we realized halfway through like how many cards have either new or returning mechanics yeah well i think this is the rare time when like i think it's worth talking about a bunch of cards because a bunch of cards look neat so that's true that's true uh so first one here uh boxing ring one colorless and a green. It's an artifact. Whenever a creature enters a battlefield under your control, it fights up to one target creature you don't control with the same mana value. Ooh, I don't really like that last part, but I like the, the fighting bit. And then you yeah. can tap it to create a treasure token, activate this only if you control a creature that fought this turn. Yeah. Um, I overall like this card. I mean, I think that in in green, you know, you're, you're probably going to win most of those fights. Mm-hmm. You know, like you get a better value creature for three or for two or for whatever it is. I, I do like that it's the same mana value, not power and toughness, right? Because at, at, you're right. At, at the mana values that green deals with, you're probably right. going to have higher power and toughness. So This seems probably good in Galta. Ooh, there we go. Fighting around right? the world, man. Yeah. Right, because you play a lot of those, like, like there are some decently, like, vanilla, French vanilla creatures that are, like, three mana, five fives and stuff like that. Yeah, but you also have good enraged creatures in the, those decks, typically. That's true. So you Absolutely, get, yeah. get some stuff off it. Yeah, I think it has a place. I think it's neat. Yeah. yeah. Right, Galta? Is that the one I'm thinking? Yeah. Yeah, no. that's the fighting dinosaur, right? And, like, listen, no, man. No, no, the one I'm thinking is the one that cost like 12 but his mana decreases based on how the power of creatures you have he's just like a 12 12 trampler is that not galta i mean i don't know yeah anyway. i think so i don't know but anyway. anyway i think i think that it works in that in that deck uh best but like i i think it's it's a really interesting card i mean i definitely like it yeah i mean the only thing scarier than dinosaurs is dinosaurs in a boxing ring so i mean that's true yep. next one Next one is Damning Verdict. It's three white-white for a sorcery that says destroy all creatures with no counters on them. Ooh. Yeah. The, I mean, this, this is just like old hat at this point. Like, yes, okay, costs slightly more than four, so it has a slight bonus that you might be able to take advantage of. I really don't care. Moving on. I mean, it's a Wrath of God. It's a one-sided Wrath probably because right. this is your thing i kind of like that they're they're doing the winds of aether thing or winds of wrath right. or whatever that is yeah winds whatever. of wrath yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's excited. fine but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh next one i think it's at least a conversation it's overcosted, but mm, seems neat so extravagant replication is four colorless and two blue it's an enchantment at the beginning of your upkeep create a token that's a copy of another target non-land permanent you control 
Yeah. So I think that like at first my head was stuck on um, followed footsteps or progenitor mimic type effect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but just now listening to you read it, I did take note that you can choose a different thing each turn. Yeah. And it's not attached to anything. Like the problem yeah. with those cards were they were auras. So they were just bolt whatever the hell was under the aura. This thing's just an attachment. Or is it, yeah. so this thing is not attached to anything, so it's just an enchantment. So, yeah. I don't know. And you can create, like, if you just want to keep creating tokens of the token you made, you can do that. Right. So. I mean, really, I just want to make copies of my Progenitor Mimic. Well, I mean, listen, if there's one thing that's better than the Progenitor Mimic, it's another Progenitor Mimic. Right, exactly. <laughs> do you think um, anyone plays that card besides me anymore? <laughs> no, I know. Well, I mean, it's funny because the, the other... The other card that I was going to say you could just ma keep making copies of is one that I don't think people play anymore either. I don't even remember what the hell it's called. The 9-9 nine nine that like destroys things and gives people 3-3 three three elephants. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, um, I know what you're talking about. Uh, I was going to say make a copy of Doubling Season. Mm. And then just keep making copies of Doubling Season. Yeah, I mean, you could make copies of Walkers if you're into Super France. So, like, yeah, I mean, I think that this has... This definitely has places that it will see play. I don't think it's efficient. I think that this is more kind of battle cruiser style, which which I'm all for. You know, put put more of that out there. You know, I think it's big dumb Simic tokens deck. Sure, I mean it works there too. Yeah, that's what I think. But hey, whatever. Uh, next one. Uh, next one is False Floor. It's a four mana artifact. Uh, enters the battlefield tapped. Creatures enter the battlefield tapped, and you can pay two and tap it to exile false floor and exile all untapped creatures. Activate that only as a sorcery. Hmm. This is a really, really interesting one. Yeah. Uh, I like the anti-haste side of it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I like... I don't know if this card is good. This is a really hard to evaluate card. <laughs> it, it is really hard to evaluate because it goes in like weird decks where you're doing weird crap, you know? Right. I don't yeah, This I don't shuts know. down any kind of like heavy red deck. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because right, it, sh like, it like, shuts down haste, right? So, yeah. Well, it shuts down haste. So, so that means that it shuts down any kind of like the blitz type abilities and things like that that like the entire point of it is to only get things for one turn <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. you know mm -hmm. um so it shuts down that that entire strategy which is not a prevalent strategy but no but i mean it is i'm presumably like you know you and a buddy pick up some pre-cons and then this is the card that shuts down your buddy's blitz pre-con yeah that's you know? true so it's neat huh. um it's also interesting that like it it is just kind of general protection from uh from that type of win yeah so like you, you play this out and like anything that's like oh i'm gonna make 20 tokens and give them all haste and attack in mm -hmm. any color combination you're just like well that's not a thing yeah it's neat yeah. i i kind of like weird hate bears like this yeah yeah i, I don't know strange. how you yeah. yeah i don't know how useful it is but i i like weird hate bears yeah so uh next one industrial advancement Three colorless and a red. It's an enchantment. At the beginning of your end step, you may sack a creature. If you do, look at the top X cards of your library where X is that creature's mana value. You may put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. I love this card. Isn't it neat, though? Yeah, I love this card. <laughs> this card this, is so this goes in that Polymorph deck that I keep like dreaming about. 
Yeah. Um, I think this goes in a lot of neat, weird decks, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, you could do it in tokens and just get some marginal value off the top. You could, you, I don't know. I, I, I do really like this card. So Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I like it. Cool card is very cool. So. Yeah. Good in Felden. It is very good in Felden, too, right? It's rare yeah, because they're copies of creatures, which means they have mana values to them. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yep. Next one. Uh, next one is life insurance. No, we're not going to talk about life insurance here because we talk about it in another segment. No, we didn't. No, we're going to. What? It's in. It's in technology. Oh, for the love of God, really? I know. It no. It, it only fits into eighty-five categories. Ah, okay, whatever. <laughs> next one is make an example. <laughs> Make an example is three and a uh, black for a sorcery that says each opponent separates the creatures they control into two piles. For each opponent, you choose one of their piles. Each opponent sacrifices the creatures in their chosen pile. Piles can be empty, as a note. Uh, I like that. I mean, like, sure, I'll pay four mana for a half a board wipe where yeah. I get to choose what's getting killed kind of mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. yeah I like, and I like i like choosy type spells i think i think they make for you know this it's a skills test on everybody's behalf at this point because it's a skills test for your opponents in whether they're making hard to choose piles for you and it's a skills test for you as to whether or not you're choosing the right so, pile. so what you're saying is this is the mono black factor fiction it, it really kind of is oh just saying those words make me happy Right? I know. It's like, yeah, okay. I like it now. I need to go make an example of some some boards. So. Exactly. Next one, Master of Ceremonies. Uh, it's a three colorless, a uh, three colorless and a white. It's a four, three four rhino druid. At the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent chooses money, friends, or secrets. For each player who chose money, you and that player each create a treasure token. For each player who chose friends, you and that player each create a 1-1 green and white citizen creature token. For each player who chose secrets, you and that player each draw a card. It says draw a card. It's on mono white. It's probably playable. Uh, this <laughs> yeah. definitely goes in, in group hug, hug decks, though. I mean, yeah. like, you play this in Feldegriff, no problem. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun group hug thing without being annoying, right? It's, yep. just, every, it's just upside for everybody, right? It's just yeah. different upsides, so... Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's the, like in Selvala or Feldegriff or, uh, oh, the Kinius and Tiro or something like that. Yes. Can I, yeah. 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 yeah no, good card's good. So. Yeah. Next one. Uh, next one is Prosperous Part. Nope. We can, we can't talk about that. That's in the, that's in the next segment. Son of a bitch. <laughs> God damn uh, it. <laughs> Next one is Smuggler Share, which is one that I definitely wanted to talk about. First okay. of all, we got to talk about the art. Um, <laughs> okay. Because there's just raccoons getting up to no good, which is fantastic. <laughs> and one of them with a random like knife that's going to like gut somebody over it. Like, we need more raccoons good. in Magic, right? We do. I think we, we do. do. We need trash pandas all the time. Yeah. Forget Squirrel Tribal. Let's, let's, get, let's, let's get some get raccoons. Raccoon. Yeah. 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 Okay. So um, what do we got? Yeah, so it's uh, two and a white for an enchantment that says, at the beginning of each end step, draw a card for each opponent who drew two or more cards this turn, then create a treasure token for each opponent who had two or more lands enter the battlefield this turn under their control. Um, This card is amazing. Oh my god, at the beginning of each end step? I didn't read that right. 
Yeah, every time anybody has a turn where they're drawing more than one card, you draw a card as well. All right. This card is pre-selling for $25, and it's probably worth it if you're mono-white. Is this, is this going to topple whatever that stupid treasure token card is? The um, Whenever somebody... Goes, um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. God, what the hell is it called? It's the four-mana thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know that it's going to topple it, but I mean, this, this is an auto include. You're a, you're a mono white. You're playing this card. That's end of story. Smothering tithe. Smothering go. tithe. Yeah. Smothering tithe. But smothering tithe makes you treasure tokens. Smothering tithe does make you treasure tokens. It's whenever an opponent draws a card though. So I think that's just better. Play both. I mean, you because definitely one makes you treasure right? and one makes you draw, draw more cards. Like, I mean, this does both. Yeah. This gives you treasure tokens and cards, but it only happens once a turn. So isn't the isn't the thing like you could probably get more treasure tokens off of smothering tithe? Yeah, but you can get no cards off smothering tithe. That's also true. So, <laughs> yeah. so no, I th- I think this card is bananas. This this is the actual answer to white draw. Ooh, it is really good too. Also, yeah. smothering tithe, no raccoons. So I mean, that's a really you know what. That puts a nail in it. There are three more raccoons in this than Smothering Tithe. So you get That's one true. raccoon per mana. Yep. It's, I, I think it wins. Uh, next one. Spiteful Repossession. Spiteful Repossession is four colorless and a red. It's a sorcery. Spiteful Repossession deals damage to each opponent who controls more lands than you equal to the difference. Then create a number of treasure tokens equal to the damage dealt this way. Mm-hmm. Punish somebody for ramping, get some treasure tokens. It's not amazing. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I've never <laughs> been a huge fan of the deals damage for lands card. Like, there's very few decks where it makes sense. Uh, yeah, you're doing like earthquakey effects, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, next one. Speaking of, they're they're trying to fix white card draw. Yeah. Uh, next one is tenuous truce. Uh, one and a white enchantment aura enchant opponent uh, at the beginning of enchanted opponents end step you and that player draw a card when you attack enchanted opponent or a planeswalker they control or when they attack you or a planeswalker you control sacrifice tenuous truce this is the most commander card ever and yes i love the i love the white card draw side of it it's only two mana, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, so you can have a tenuous truce with somebody realistically, like in the beginning of the game, and then they're like either of you are like, no, I'm in a good enough position now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Um this is actually how truces usually play out in Commander anyway. <laughs> yeah. This is like the first like design for Commander card by people who have played Commander, I think. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like this is yeah. Uh, I love this card. I think yeah, it's fantastic. It's really also good. probably pre-ordering for like twenty bucks. Listen, the only thing wrong with this card is Whoa, it, this is only like like fifty cents. 50 yeah, fifty cents. What? This card should have been a curse. I think mm. it should have been a curse. Anytime yeah. you enchant an opponent, I think it should be a curse. Listen, the, uh, yeah. the, the curse deck needs a little help. Needs a it lot could've, of help. It could have been a curse. It yeah, could have been, been a curse. Yeah. You know. uh, and that is it 
Or are that's little, it. That's oh. all. That's all. Only like fifty <laughs> cards. Or whatever. That's, that's all. Sorry. Well, we guys. talked about literally like ninety percent of the cards. Yeah, just sorry. came out. So we'll we'll do better next time. Listen, I know that you really want to talk about I don't know turf war, but like it just didn't come to the top. Like what are yeah, you gonna sorry. say? Sorry. So talk, uh, talk to us in the comments about turf war. Yeah, threefold signal. You didn't get your day in the sun. It happens. So, uh, and so ladies and gents. Uh, if you have other cars that you thought that of of the few that we didn't talk about, or maybe something that you know we did a little stinky on that you thought deserved more more time in the light, uh, let us know. With that, we're going to go through a dumb interstitial comeback in a shortened technology segment with these cycles in the streets of New Capenna, Commander. Which, uh, which interstitial are we on? Oh, um, speaking of cute cuddlies, not quite a raccoon, but it's a fox. Mm. So this does it. Uh, Tunic. Yeah, Tunic, yeah. Tunic is a neat game, man. I had, yeah. uh, I had some low expectations from Tunic. Like, Tunic is, li- if you look at the art, it's literally a fox in Legend of Zelda garb. Like, it's a fox dressed yes. up like Link, yeah. right? Very intentionally, because Tunic, it, to be incredibly reductive, is Legend of Zelda meets Dark Souls meets Fez. Um, and by that I mean Fez I'm not familiar with so Fez is a like a action adventure game platformer but it's filled with goofy weird secrets which you know like oh like rotate the world and do this and also like uh, the thing that Tunic does is it has this language this like made up game language that it's manual is in and so you kind of have to decipher the mechanics and the puzzles in the world as you go interesting it has this delightful little manual, like think Legend of Zelda 1 manual with that awesome right. art in it, in that same level of art, but also it has clues uh, as to just like how the game works, right? Like, oh, this oh. button does this, and I didn't know because I didn't get that manual page. So you pick up like a manual page or two around the game. So like half of the game is not just playing the game, it's also figuring out how to play the game, which is the Fez right. angle. The Dark Souls angle is it has a stamina meter, you know, it has kind of soulsy combat ish like you die like it has bonfires where you die in return right um, right they they lean into something like it didn't really need to have some of the effects it does like it has a stamina meter but unlike dark souls if you get to the bottom and and undo your like if you use up all your stamina you actually take more damage at the bottom uh which is kind of interesting like you know it has stats that you can increase kind of yeah. um it has two of the best accessibility functions ever that I made use of at the end because I was kind of like I did enjoy my time with it quite a bit but at the end I'm just like hey you get to the end of the game you're like I know how this boss works I just have to like memorize the patterns a couple of times and do this for another tw- in another 20-30 minutes I'm going to beat it you know but I'm, sure, just, I'm sure. kind of angry that I have to spend 20-30 minutes doing it right. so the two accessibility functions it has one you can just turn off the stamina meter and get infinite stamina forever Okay. At the click of a button anytime you want. And the Got other it. one is a no fail system where at the click of a button, you can just be like, yep, God mode. And then just. Right. Got it. And yeah. turn it on, turn it off as much as you want, and then just go for it. And like, those are great. Those are really awesome because I can imagine with such a weird mix of things, 
You know, the the thing that this is this is what bugged me about Dread, Metroid Dread. Like I was there for the exploration. I wasn't there for the what if we just made combat really intense. Like mm, that's right, not what I'm right. coming to Metroid for. You know, like you come to Legend of Zelda for like fun adventure, puzzle solving. You know, like lighthearted fun. You don't come for like Dark Souls combat necessarily, right? right? So like if you're if the mix isn't quite there for you with Tunic, you can adjust on the fly, which mm-hmm. is nice. Um, and the art style is delightful i think you particularly would like this so if this ever comes to the switch i think you should pick it up only because it's at an isometric has, yeah i've seen the art but like i've seen screenshots of it before it does look very very cute it also like it has the thing like when you're finding neat stuff around the world it has this isometric point of view that you mm-hmm. could rotate about 45 degrees upwards so then, like, oh, like, oh, I didn't realize... slightly different perspective on something? Yeah, you're like, oh, I didn't realize that, like, there was a treasure chest hidden around this tree. Or, like, right, literally there's a way to get to the very end point of the game right from the beginning of the game. But, like, you you just don't see it if you're not looking for it. Oh, that's you know? funny. Yeah, nice. so, like, there's a lot of really neat little hidden niche things around, which kind of, like, tickles that part of your brain. You're like, ooh, right. you know? Um, so I know very cool game is cool. I had a lot of fun with it. I think it is right. Uh, it got delayed a whole bunch, and it was one of those things. I'm like, this. Do you ever look at a game that's like really cute, but like a really cute indie game that gets delayed a bunch, and you're like, this is gonna be disappointing. Yeah. 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 This was the opposite of that. Actually, this nice. was actually better than I thought it was gonna be. So I was I was very pleasantly surprised. Take that for what you will, folks. Uh and speaking of that, let us take what we will out of cycles in technology in technology this week ladies and gents uh two little cycles in streets of new capenna that feels like it should be a nursery rhyme. Two little cycles in the streets of New Japan. <laughs> Sorry for the musical interlude so often, ladies and gents. It's just where my brain has been going. Yeah, uh, if, they, if they just didn't have so many syllables lately, maybe I wouldn't. Um, but anyway, we're going to talk about the confluences and the enemy dual colored cards. Well, yeah, I mean, like, clearly. Because like. clearly that is the, the standout cycle in the set. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the confluences first. All the confluences are modal instants, and if there's... Listen, if there's a... Th- oh, sorry, modal instance or sorceries. And if there's yeah. a thing that we like on Commander Cast, it's modal cards. Yeah. So, uh, all of them have some version of choose three. You may choose the same mode more than once. Uh, yeah. So we're going to talk about all these and get one for each little guild here. Uh, so the first one is Broker's Confluence. It is the Bant one. Two colorless, green, white, and a blue. It's an instant. Uh, you can either proliferate, you can uh, make a target creature phase out, or target creature... Target activated, sorry, you can counter target activated or triggered ability. So proliferate, phase out, counter an activated or triggered ability. You can do either all three of those or some modes more than once for five mana and instant speed. I mean, five mana instant speed proliferate three times is pretty good. That's not bad, right? Um, Yeah. And then... Even if you just you do that twice and then phase something out or do that twice, right. like you you counter and activate a really nasty activated ability, but then also proliferate twice. That's right. not bad. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, I I think the card is solid. I mean, I think uh, it doesn't go in every deck, but I think it's a solid card. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Uh, next uh, one. next one is Caporetti Confluence, which is three. 
a red, a green, and a white. So the Naya one it is, again, a sorcery with the choices. The choices are create a token that's a copy of target creature you control. It gains haste. Sacrifice it at the beginning of your next end step. Uh, the next one is exile target artifact or enchantment. And then uh, creatures target player controls get plus one, plus one, and gain first strike until end of turn. So, yeah, a couple interesting uh, modes here. I'm not super big on this one. The first ability of create a token that's copy of target creature you control uh, is pretty good, especially if you, uh, again, like that that big elephant, you make like three copies of that <laughs> thing. Like that's that's going to be insane. Yeah. Uh, that mm, I th- I feel like this card depends on how many doubling effects you have. Yeah. Right. If you're doing Naya tokens, you probably got some doubling effects. And then if yeah. you're if you're going all in on the first one, then you're creating six instead of three of those. Right. That's and then good. the team buff is better for like. I mean, I guess like a token army, right? Because they have first strike, not trample. So like, they at least attack a little bit better oh but this one's a sorcery too so it's not even like they block better like i don't know that i like this one all that much i mean they block better because they do a first strike well yeah but it's a sorcery so they don't you can't cast it during somebody else's turn okay so you're cheating and then they block better right (laughs) yeah i don't know Um, i'm not big on this one the 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 brokers one i i liked but yeah I feel like there's probably easier ways to get three tokens that's a copy of target creature you control. Yeah, same. I like, mean, it's probably going to be three exiles, right? You're going to exile three artifacts or three enchantments or something like that. Well, yeah. it's also weird because they don't the token doesn't stick around. So, like, you're populating. This goes in like a populate deck, but it's yeah. worse than populate because right. then the tokens die. They right. get haste, but then they die. So, eh, eh. And yeah, I'm not high on this one either. Yeah. Uh, next one is Maestro's Confluence, which is the Grixis one. So it's a six mana sorcery, three colors, and Grixis, so a blue, a black, and a red. Uh, you can either or uh, return target multicolored instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. You can give target creature minus three, minus three until end of turn, or you can goad each creature target player controls. Yeah, I, like, I love that last mode. I yeah ooh I don't know like obviously anything that says goad is better than things that don't say goad like I mean true we're we're pretty firm on that in this cast yeah. uh I kind of like this one it's expensive but it could be kind of swingy in a fun way I mean this is like a fog from each player right like you you pay six nobody can attack you but they're definitely attacking each other for a yeah. whole turn. And you could, you know, kill something. You could something. do some other things, yeah. You, you could, could get some other value. You could get something back, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, I I kind of like this one, but it's not, like, amazing. Um, next one is Obscura Confluence. This is the Esper one, so it's one, a white, a blue, and a black. This time it is in instant, and the modes are until end of turn. Target creature loses all abilities and has base power toughness one. Mm-hmm. Uh, target creature connives. And target player returns a creature card from their graveyard to their hand. Um, so, okay. So, connives, you can potentially, like, buff some creatures so that it changes combat math. Plus, you're, like, maybe changing your hand. Same thing with the changing the combat math on the loses all abilities. Uh, returns a creature from their graveyard to their hand is kind of ancillary, like, 
you know, it's a raised dead effect. So it's literally a one black value. Yeah. Um, it's not yeah. great. It, it's I mean, it's a four man instant, so it's better than things that are more expensive and not instant, I guess, on that end. But I don't really want to do a lot of these things. No, I think that the like like connives on three different creatures is probably the best value. Well, I mean, incident you you can mess up combat with this, right? So if you cast it like just before right after blockers, then mm-hmm. you can turn somebody else's thing into a one one and then make one of your things, even a token, a two two, right? Oh right, by conniving. Oh, uh, I like this then. I I, you know? I actually think that this is pretty interesting for just its combat use. So you like if you're in Esper, this could be this this could almost always will lead to some kind of combat breaking down for your opponent. So right, it's definitely a kill spell plus a little bit of extra value for four. Like yeah, okay, I'm I'm down with it. Yeah, okay. Uh, next one, Riveteer's Confluence is the Jund one. So it's two Carlos and Jund, black, red, and a green. It's a sorcery. Uh, you can either or draw a card and lose a life. It can deal one damage to each creature in Planeswalker you don't control or put a land card from your hand or graveyard onto the battlefield tapped. I kind of like this one. I like this one as well. Yeah. I, like, I think all three modes have their moments. Mm-hmm. And like, even if you only, you're like, uh, I'm only getting one land off of this. Great. Draw two more cards. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. Like I, even if you just did that, I think that would be worth it for five. So if you, yeah. if you ramped and then drew two cards and lost two life for five, even that's worth it. And I yeah. do like the, like, I don't know, incidentally sniping a planeswalker that's at one or two loyalty. Like, yeah. Yeah, I kind of like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think all the modes are very relevant on it. I like this as well. Um, I think that I go... <sighs> Riveteers, Brokers, Obscura, Maestros, Cabaretti. Ooh, I think I do Riveteers definitely at the top. <sighs> Riveteers... I guess I'd have to do Brokers, Maestros, Obscura, Cab- Cabaretti. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, could, close. I could stand by that, yeah. Yeah, but the, the, the top and the bottom are still pretty clear. So. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, next category, the... I don't know. I <laughs> enemy on, du- you, can, you can do it, Mark. <laughs> enemy dual-colored cards. I don't know why I get mad at that. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't get it's mad at that. It's a lot of words. It is a lot of words. It's just, for it's, like... A loose cycle. Yeah, I know. Yeah. All right. So first one is Agent's Toolkit. All right. Uh, what was it? Your read for Agent's Toolkit? Sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, one, a green and a blue for an artifact clue. Uh, Agent's Toolkit enters the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter. Or, I'm sorry. With a plus one, plus one counter, a flying counter, a death touch counter, and a shield counter on it. That's a lot of counters. Yeah. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may move a counter from Agent's Toolkit onto the creature. And then it also has the normal clue ability of you can pay to sack it and draw a card. Yeah. Uh, I love that this is called Toolkit because this is like basically a toolbox card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> right. It does all the things. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. I like the things that it does as well. I mean, like plus one, plus one counter, a flying counter, a death touch counter. I mean, the flying and death touch ones are the clutch ones. 
Yeah. Plus one, plus one, and shield counter, a little bit of added value, and you can sack it to draw a card. I don't think this is a bad card. I think it's better for the pre-con than it is for other builds. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. The pre-con move to me would be if I'm playing in the deck that has in too deep, and this is the clue that I get to turn into a nothing clue, then I'm happy. Right, yeah. Like, ooh, look at that. And that's the, the coolest thing you could do with it. Right, um, but it already has that uh, the clue ability, so why? Yeah, well, because then you can shut down the moving counters thing. Oh, I get. Oh, sure. Yeah, that is the loosest. <laughs> of, I mean, you're not wrong. Like that. That works. Listen, man. What other clue are you gonna fucking enchant? You know what? You know. You're just right. That's all I there just, is to it. Yeah. Right. So I don't know, man. Uh, next one. How feel you about manifesting cards? I mean, I kind of like manifesting cards. I kind of like manifesting cards, too. Uh, Cryptic Pursuit is two colorless, a blue, and a red. It's an enchantment. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand, manifest the top card of your library. So that is from way back in Tarkir. You can put that mm. card on the battlefield or face down. It's a 2-2 creature, and you can turn it up anytime for its mana cost if it's a creature card. And whenever a face-down creature you control dies, exile it. If it's an instant or sorcery card, you may cast that card until the end of your next turn. Ooh! I'm all I'm all all about this card. I think it's cool. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah. You play it in the the spell slinger deck, and like you don't necessarily have to lose the card that you manifested because it does allow you to exile it and play it from exile until the end of um, your next turn. Right. Pretty so good. yeah, really interesting. I mean, it it kind of allows like a spell slinger deck to also have the a tinge of. Uh, like an Ashnod's altar in there. Yeah. Right? Like you, uh -huh, pl you uh -huh. play a whole bunch of things, building your storm count, also manifesting at the same time, sack them to Ashnod's altar, and then like play your, your storm-related cards that were manifested. Neat. It's yeah, neat. I like I like this card. This is this is a good one. Me as well. I'm probably never going to turn down a manifest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. no. Next one. Next one is Grime Gorger. Two, a black and a green for a 3-3 horror with menace. When Grime Gorger attacks, exile up to one card from each or of each card type from defending player's graveyard. Put a plus one plus one counter on Grime Gorger for each card exiled this way. From defending player's graveyard. So it's one uh, so it's the person that you're attacking yeah. only. So, so it's only that person's graveyard. It's graveyard hate though. And it's, it's graveyard hate, and it, and it has menace, so it's probably going to connect a decent number of times, or be able to kill possibly two creatures. This it's just not exciting to me. I'm not I'm not even saying that it's a bad card. It's just like this is an uncommon, right? Like it has it has a rare symbol on it for reasons, but this is an uncommon card. Yeah, yeah. It's just okay. You know? Yeah, the graveyard hate is pretty strong because it, get, it allows you to target specific types and things like that. Like mm -hmm. that, that's interesting. But yeah, it's it's just okay. Yeah, just okay. All right now, Mark, I feel like you've wanted to talk about life insurance a couple times <laughs> for fucking three categories now. <laughs> I've wanted to talk about this guy. Can I finally talk about life insurance? This no, is the it's, most. It's in the outro. Actually. This is the I'm most sorry. I've ever wanted to talk about life insurance, the concept or the card in my entire goddamn life. <laughs> All right. Life insurance, three colorless, a white, and a black, an enchantment with extort, which is whenever you cast a spell, you may pay a white or a black each time. If you do, each opponent loses one life. You gain that life. Whenever a non-token creature dies, you lose one life and create a treasure token. It's good. You do, it is a, good. You do some risky-cratty things. 
a little high costed, but it is good. Um, and extort is still, I think, I think people don't appreciate how good extort is. Yeah. Because like you're in a four person pod, they each lose one life. Who cares? You just gained three life. This mm-hmm. is every time you cast a spell. Like yeah. that is the greatest kicker of all time. <laughs> I mean, extort really is. I mean, it really shines in multiplayer. Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, very good. I don't know. You're right. It is kind of overcosted for what you're doing, but I don't know. It's kind of. It has a lot of value though, and it and does. the fact that whenever something dies, you lose a life, but you also create a treasure token. Like the treasure tokens are just gonna feed into your extorting more. Yeah, yeah. They so are. like, I I do. I really like this card. I think I think it's good. Um. Got to find the right place for it, but it's a good card. Yeah, I mean, it would have to be, you know, I don't know, Orzov art, uh, Aristocrats, right? right? Boom. Problem solved. Yeah. Next one. Prosperous Partnership. A white, or I'm sorry, a one, a red, and a white for an enchantment that says Prosperous Partnership enters the battlefield, create two one-one green and white citizen creature tokens. And then you can tap three untapped creatures you control, create a treasure token. I feel like they were going for flavor here that I don't understand. Because it's tapping three? Right. Like, so... Is the idea that the citizens had a baby? And they get a treasure token from the baby? Because then they, but well, then there's like holding a ring in the thing. Like I don't know. I'm very confused. I'm a little confused. It's a little, it's a little loose. This thing, but I mean, whatever. It's a Boros card that does a thing and says treasure token. So I'm happy. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Like I mean, Ooh. straight up, this card sucks. I don't know if it sucks. Come on, man. Tap three untapped creatures you control, which you're gonna have in Boros, and then create yeah, a treasure okay. Token. But I mean, are you like, look from the conversations we've had about Boros? Is the thing you want to be doing with them tapping three of them to make one expendable mana? Well, before the end of, you know, before the end of the person in front of you's turn. Yeah, I, would I do guess. That. I mean, it's this is medium at best. This is not a good card. I mean, it is medium at best. I feel like it has a pretty decent place in like that uh, Boros Spirits deck that we always talked about. Um, yeah, maybe. Okay. You know, again, like I didn't say it was amazing, but like tapping things to create treasure tokens, I'm on board with. Yeah. Uh, in the order of good, I think we have to go cryptic pursuit, life insurance, grime gorger agents toolkit, prosperous partnership. Ooh, I, this might be the most we've ever disagreed on one because I think I would go Life Insurance, Cryptic Pursuit, Grime Gorger's still in the middle for me. Yeah. And then Prosperous Partnership Agents Toolkit. Okay. All right. So, I mean, we're still in the general region of like what the worst two, what the best two, and what the middle is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, not, we're not crazy far off here. It's just, yeah, we yeah. kind of moved a couple around here. I really like Life Insurance. Not just because it took I, I, me oh, I like three categories to talk well. to. But, yeah. 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 I don't know. I, I like that it feeds itself in the same, like Cryptic Pursuit kind of does that too. But like, I just yeah. like the extort on top of your getting treasure tokens that feed the extort that get you. Yeah. You know, like, I don't oh, know. I didn't even think about, I didn't even say in my magical Christmas land with Cryptic Pursuit, when you cast those exiled things. No, from your hand. Okay, you don't get the manifest from those. I was going to say, no, no. oh, God. That yeah, just... that would be really good. Yeah. yeah. 
But I mean, you're uh, gonna. Still, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think you're right. Uh, life insurance is very good. I mean, like, and both of them are in niche decks, right? Like, yeah, one might be more popular deck than the other, but regardless, like, you're playing life insurance in a specific deck. You're playing prosperous pursuit in a specific deck. Um, yeah, and they're I, both clutch in those decks. Agreed. I think cryptic pursuit just goes one rung lower for me because. Life insurance actively gets you closer to winning, whereas Cryptic Pursuit puts up some blockers. Sure. So, and again, it's not bad. It's just that, to me, that would make it a better card. Again, you're right. They're both in very niche situations here. Yeah. 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 All right, ladies and gents. Uh, Well, that does it for probably the most comprehensive commander deck talk that we've done since we used to do actual like breakdowns of decks but now they come too fast so yeah that your your weird pseudo set review is has happened so yeah for everyone who is waiting for that and with that ladies and gents if you guys have other cards you thought were neat uh if you are as annoyed as i am about enemy dual colored cards being an elusive of loose cycles um let me know in the comments I don't know why I lost. I was about to say contacts. <laughs> comments are hard, man. It's, it's all right. Comments. Uh, and with that, we're going to go through a dumbness to show an outro. sir tell me about this tv show which is named after a comic book show yes comic it is. book comic book comic book so. um yeah have you seen doom patrol i have not i kind of heard things about it i know it's on hbo and so i have access to it so it's very weird for me because okay so it's overall i would say it's pretty good um and up there with the like probably the best comic book TV show that they've made ever. Okay. All right. Um, which is a low bar. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I'm like, mm, is that like damning with faint praise? I don't know. Yeah, I mean a little bit, but like, but it, it's, it's overall, I would say net pretty good. Okay. Um, net pretty good is pretty good. Yeah. The, the standout parts are first of all, like uh, Brendan Fraser is amazing in it. Wow. Okay, that's a long time since I heard that phrase. Yeah. Right, but he is—he's fantastic. He's—he's he's absolutely great. The other actors are all pretty darn good too. Okay. Um. So like, acting is pretty good. The the directing and things is is fairly good. Production value is good. Um. Is this the one with Timothy Dalton as the old guy? Yes. Okay. Timothy Dalton is one of the worst actors. Wow. Okay. I mean, I, I don't know why I'm surprised. It's Timothy Dalton. It's not right, actually right. known for no, him. but the, but so so the acting goes very oddly. Like the like like I said, Brendan Fraser does an amazing job in it. Timothy Dalton is so so. Okay. Um, Alan Tudyk, I maybe I just don't like what he's doing with the character, but I do not like him in it. Huh. Right. Which which again, this is this is all strange stuff. Um, and I'm, I, I haven't gotten super far into it, so I might like Alan Tudyk a little bit more as it goes on, you know, um, but right now it's, it's pretty annoying. Um, the overarching story is like misfits with power. Yeah. That's Doom Patrol, right? Right. Exactly. I haven't read a ton of yeah, Doom Patrol, I've but I've read, read a few. Morrison run. Like I've never read Doom Patrol, so. 
Um, but it is, it's pretty good. I mean, I wouldn't even say like the plot is, is all that, that amazing in most episodes, but characterization and, uh, acting pretty good. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I think it's definitely worth, you know, checking out a couple episodes. Huh. If, you, if you're not in after like three episodes, you're probably good to, you know, stay away, but. Interesting. Huh. All right. I mean, again, it's been a long, long time since anybody told me a lot of those actors were, were good in anything. So that alone kind of tweaks my uh, my nerd. Yeah. yeah. I kind of want to get that get that in there. Um, I have been more curious about the Morrison run of Doom Patrol. Like, it seems interesting. You know, like Doom Patrol is like the thing that influences probably progenitor of like X-Men is the thing that makes Doom Patrol like the most interesting thing to me. Yeah. Um, but hey, but Morrison know. wrote it like pretty late on, like well, yeah. well after that era. Um, yeah, he definitely put his own weird spin on stuff. Right. Yep. And then Morrison also wrote several years later an X-Men run. That's also true, which I think <laughs> I liked better. But maybe that's just because I like those characters better. Actually, yeah. it is because I like those characters better. What am I saying? Um, well, same. I mean, but like I, I have always heard good things about Morrison's Doom Patrol run. This makes me want to read it more because I would, I would guess that he does a better job writing than the writers for the show, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean that's probably it's true. Grant Morrison. I mean, of course he does. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. yep, yep, yep. That's probably a little bar to cross. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> and set also setting up t- TV writers for not success, right? Like it's a different medium. It's a totally different. It, set of standards and way you're telling yeah. the story and yeah have you come across any filler episodes yet because that i swear is the thing that bothers me the most about these super i mean TV they're kind they're kind of all filler episodes because again like okay the, not the plot it now. the plot isn't what's driving it forward okay the characters are so you're always getting into the interactions of the characters with each other well listen so okay. even if like even if you have a filler episode plot wise it you're still interesting like interactions between people well see i don't think you have to draw a distinction i think between filler episode and character growth or character arc episode right like the last episode of moon knight was a character episode like which was necessary because there was a bunch of unanswered questions about the character yeah that's fair we need to see some things right like a filler episode is like the third episode of like captain uh, Captain America and Winter Falcon, or Captain America and the Winter Soldier. I like, I like Falcon that Falcon and the Winter right. Soldier. I don't even fucking remember. Whatever. The, yeah. Like, where they literally, they didn't advance anyone's character. They didn't really do much. They just kind of listened to a bad guy say some things, and it's like, wait a minute, there's six fucking episodes. Why did this thing exist? Why not just make it five episodes? You know, like, why is there a filler in here? You know, and filler meaning, like, you're spinning your wheels on all axes. You know, like, you're you're not getting interesting growth in the characters. You're not I, progressing the plot. That sort of I thing. I would say... No, that's good. Okay. No, not not yet. Not I, I here for that, the filler episodes anymore. Yeah, I think I think that every episode has 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 been like you know I mean there's there's varying levels but like I also I also think that the, like some of the episodes have some like real like emotional impact and message behind them too. Ooh, like it, it's it yeah, it, but with a very like kind of hokey pastiche <laughs> like it's you know it, it's, i'm okay with a hokey pastiche we right can, it's really interesting like like i said I mean, it's it's worth checking out a few episodes i mean if you've got the hbo max then you know it's it's right there for you there are three seasons of it i'm only i think 
you know, three quarters of the way through the first season, something like that. How many episodes per season? Did you just say this? I didn't No, because I like I'm estimating that I'm three quarters of the way through oh. from where the story is. I don't actually know. Well, how many episodes in are you? Uh, like I think around seven. <laughs> okay, Eight? I guess what I was getting at is like, is this the six episode Marvel thing, or are we doing no, a ten no, no, episode? No, no, no. It's it's it, like I think there are at least a dozen episodes in a season. Okay, all right. I don't know, man. So sometimes a lot of these a lot of these superhero shows they don't have ten episodes in them or twelve. You know, so I mean, I, I think, hope I hope for I good think things. The, I think the bigger problem is that most of the superhero shows that Marvel is putting together is are trying to make things that are, that should be movies into TV shows because they don't have six episodes in them. Really? Do you think Moon Knight was going to be a movie? I think you could have made a two hour thing that was better than that six hour monstrosity. I mean, monstrosity is strong. I do not like the show is. Oh my God monstrosity is strong that's a that's a little bit much i mean i would rather go watch black widow again wow okay wow that's a that's a place to put it okay (laughs) uh well i mean you you can't you really can't put a pin in it more than that so all right um i guess i will try out doom patrol how long are the episodes half hour hour uh i think they're a half hour yeah half hour 40 minutes somewhere around half hour 40 minutes all right i can i can give it at least one or two episodes so yeah all (sighs) right outro well ladies and gents that does it for episode 480 the non-special not, not episode. Not really important number, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to type in 480 to Google and see if I get anything. Yeah, 480, man! Yeah, who knows? Maybe it's some kind of, like, um, frat bro something. I hope not. Uh, um, there's the Interstate 480 and uh, 480 area code. That's about it. Well, those have to be the two most boring things on the planet, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, with that, ladies and gents, uh, if you guys have other thoughts, comments, suggestions about the non-legendary cards we like from Capander, let us know. So This is probably the last Capander we're going to do for a little while. So Yeah. Because it's not, th- there ain't much. Although I do say, like we said before, I think Streets of New Capanda is going to be a thing that, that I come back to. Maybe the set, not the, the Commander set, where I'm like, oh, that's a good card. I didn't realize that came out there. So. Yeah. Uh, Adam, let's see, clearly Fondue is off the table for this week. So, um, if listeners want to go to their favorite niche restaurant, where can they contact you about it? Uh, yeah, you can hit me up uh, at Squire9999 on the newly owned by Elon Musk uh, platform. Ooh, yay. <laughs> it was weird when I asked my kids in class the other day. Um, I'm like, do you guys want to talk about this? Because I <laughs> no, they don't what? care. What? It, it, the funny part was the opposite, actually. Like, really? they kinda, yeah, they kind of did. And like, it's a journalism media class, right? So I'm just like, eh, this, okay. I was this... gonna say, like, if you brought that up in like English three or English four, oh yeah, no, it would just be like a... they don't have to read whatever book. That... Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, this is a media class, so yeah, okay, they're like, that makes more sense. They're yeah. like, oh, I, I still expect them to be like, nope. But like, they're like, yeah, like the worst was I think I got like two or three maybes. And I'm like, huh, like everyone's kind of interested in this. Okay. Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, I, again, interesting that teenagers were interested in it, but yeah. who knows? Um, so it's whatever. If you want to go and talk to Elon on there, 
That's a that's a thing you could do. You could tweet at Elon about Commander Cast. I don't even I know what it. you would get out of that. Don't do that, probably. Uh, <laughs> or just email CommanderCast at gmail.com because Billionaire hasn't bought that, to my knowledge, yet. Um, yeah. Or you can check out our CommanderCast Facebook page. Billionaire definitely bought that. Um, or at least own that. Uh, yeah. And a big thanks to everyone here at the CommanderCast Network, which is not owned or associated with any billionaires. Uh, we'll see you next week with more community strategy and technology. Until then, let's get it! <laughs>